And welcome back. What episode is this? Does anyone remember? 34? 35? 34? 34. I'm pretty sure because I think I listened to 33 again. You today. did listen to 33. It was yeah. five out of five. Mm-hmm. Okay. Weekly. This is Ryan. And Jen. And she. And Melinda. And Michael. And P.S. That worked really well because P.S. is new here this week and we forgot to tell her there's a particular pecking order. It's the hosts <laughs> and then it's the peons. The host she listens to the podcast. She does Ryan. listen to the podcast. I'm sure she got that. But here's the thing. That that's an inside joke with Chi. <laughs> well, it's not really an inside joke, Jim. We tell everyone about it. But the thing, this is something I actually realized about the pecking order. With the hosts, it's kind of like first world, and there's like, you know, a pecking order. So it's me, and then Jen, and then she, and then Meg. But with the so peons, it's basically, yeah. But with but with the peons, you know, they can you know beat the crap out of each other over it. And there's absolutely... <laughs> No, you know, rhyme or reason to it. So it's, it's just all horrible. It's, it's all over the place. It's it's very amusing. So you want to know why I went last? Why'd you go last? I went last because you were going in the order that you're on my screen, and then I realized by the end that I'm not on my screen because I'm me. You forgot. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That is awesome. I'm not. Okay. L- hold that on, is- hold on. We're we're now two minutes into an episode, and Lady Cheese already not lying. Okay. <laughs> Fine. And I, you know what? I'll make sure I'll say, I'm, I'm going to make sure this podcast I say, I'm not going to lie, and bad news bears, and there's something else that I say a lot that people make fun of me for, but I'm pretty sure I'll try and be me. It's Seriously, pre- guys. I'll try and be me. It's pretty much your effort to Seriously, convince guys. us that you're not, it's pretty Seriously. much your effort to convince us that you're not a pathological liar, as I think. <laughs> it's, it's much oh, I really am, though. It's pretty sad. I just realized something. What if someone's downloading this podcast right now because they like the shoebox project and they've never listened to us before and they're going, who the hell are these people and how the hell do they like wipe themselves on a daily basis? <laughs> maybe, maybe there should be some kind of like a disclaimer on the beginning of new episodes to say that we will eventually get to the fake. It's just going to take a while. <laughs> okay, you know what, Melinda? That right there was helpful because if no, if they haven't listened this far, I don't care about them. But if they've made it, now that's like their reward. It's kind of like Pavlov's dog or the Pavlov. 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 Someone spell it for me. P-A-V-L-O-V. Oh, that was very exciting to see that. That was like, yes, headmaster. That was nice. That was kind of Oh, headmaster. It's such a dirty title if you think about it. Like. Oh, I need a nap. All right, Chi, I only have one thing to say to you. No, what? (laughs) Like knee jerk, you see that? Good morning, Baltimore. That's all I have to say to you. What? Good morning, Baltimore. I had that song stuck in my head all I love that song because I'm from Baltimore. Are you really? Really? You're not in Baltimore now, though, right? 
No. And no, I'm in Massachusetts. I'm in Massachusetts, too. Melinda's in Massachusetts. We should... Everybody's in Massachusetts. Let's do, like, a live podcast and leave everybody else out. <laughs> Ryan! Jennifer. <laughs> hey, I'm going to... Oh, yeah, never mind. It snowed here the other day, Jen. Huh? <sighs> it snowed here the other day. I was thinking about you. It snowed. I want to see snow so badly. I know what you do. Every day, yeah. I'm hot. I called snow. I called. Uh, no, I called Jen from the parking lot of my office, and I'm walking to my car, and I have my scarf on, and I have my gloves, and I have my little hat, and I have my wool coat, and I'm walking like I have scoliosis, so that my rise <laughs> up to further protect my to further protect you know like my neck because it's so cold. But now, of course, my ass is freezing, and I'm walking up to my car, and I'm like shaking. You know, my phone trying to call Jen, and I have, like, the big boy gloves on so that you can't possibly do anything with your fingers because your fingers are, like, 14 so- times the size of a human finger. And I call Jen, and I'm like, Hi, I, you know, I was walking to my car, and I'm like, I need He's to do like, this. Hi. How are you? Yeah. I'm like, I needed to do this. I need to do this. And I need to do this. And I should get something for dinner. And I have to have that. That is cold. And I, like, pull my phone out. And I call Jen. And I'm like, how are you? She's like, oh, I'm doing one. I'm in flip-flops. And it's 87 degrees. <laughs> Oh and then Jen's like, we should trade places right now. Wouldn't that be fun? I'm like, you would die of frostbite, and I would die of heat stroke because I have 17 layers on. So I do want to come. I really would love to see a white Christmas sometime. That would be amazing. Everyone wants to in the beginning, and then you're introduced to Mr. Snowplow. <laughs> and then you have to Christmas, shuffle your way out and shovel your car. It gets old fast. It gets very old very fast. Well, I just must yeah. say, I, I like shoveling. I find it, like, kind of, uh, you know, relaxing and meditative. What? I like, yeah. Do you want to come down here the next time it shows? Snows? Sure. we got to put a snow up here. So. <laughs> if you think the same thing about editing, you can edit every single episode of this podcast until the end of the show. <laughs> I, I do feel the same edit. way about editing, actually. Are you serious? Talk to me after the show. I just felt like you didn't really like my editing, so I wasn't going to volunteer for everyone. Well, no. Jen is going to make you cookies. <laughs> well, no. We, 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 no, hold on. My, my, just so Mike knows, we always. Uh, I'm talking over someone, and every time I say a word, they say four more words. What's that, G? <laughs> I'm, I'm not speaking to you anymore. Oh. <laughs> but, she we're doing shoebox. Oh, that's right. I guess I, I'll be nice. Talk okay. Go, Huggles. I don't even know what I was going to say anymore. I, 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 I lost it. Oh, I'm so sad. We can talk about Jen being a celebrity now. You're a celebrity? Are you a celebrity? I'm a celebrity. Well, the reason that we were delayed tonight is totally my fault, and I'm so, like, getting a big head about it. Hold on. <laughs> Jen, oh. unfortunately, that's off topic, and we don't have time for that story. Oh. Okay. No. No. Oh. 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 Jen. Pop- weekly. Jen. I know it's not so smiley icon in real life. Exactly. Tell us, Jen. Tell us. And if it involves a dead rat. So much the better. It doesn't. It doesn't. It it involves me being wonderful and great. Okay. (laughs) Well, that's good because last week you almost killed a midget. Carry on. (laughs) Poor guy. No, um, seriously, that poor guy. And uh, no, I am. Jen kills Flitwick is going to be the name. I got a phone call yesterday, and from has is any of you you girls (laughs) is any of you girls familiar with the magazine The Knot? No. Um. Not really. Really? Yeah. Well, maybe maybe it's a bridal magazine. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Like, have you heard? Yeah. I've, I've heard of it. Okay. It's a huge national magazine. 
Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, they have been looking at young entrepreneurs, you know, business starters and galleries in the photography department. And they chose me, they chose my work and my galleries to do a story over. And oh, so, yeah, so I get to be the main part of a, a newspaper. I mean, not a newspaper, a magazine. Because I'm cool. <laughs> wow, I, I, yeah, that's that's really <laughs> that should get you a lot of new business too. That's wonderful. I hope, yeah, I really hope so. But it doesn't yeah, come out till June. But in June, I'm buying everybody a copy, so you can all, you know, say yeah. I know this. <laughs> Hold on, it doesn't come out till it doesn't come out till June. It doesn't. No, Mm-mm. it's December. I know. Do they have to do it really far in advance? Yeah, they do these really in advance because you have to you have to get your advertisers and. Really? Have you ever seen a mistake in a magazine? Because it was written like six months ago. Yeah. Yeah. Really? I mean, like, I am blown away by this information. Or like, not not like a mistake, but like if something has changed or something. Like, well, the Knot is one of those magazines that they do like two yearly, like two new issues. Okay, it's not like you know, like a monthly thing or a. No. Okay. No. Because that makes yeah. sense. So it's not like I pick up a magazine and see a great article about, you know, the Soviet Union. It's, it's, something. No. okay. No, it's a bridal. No, you see like cakes and flowers and my face. No. <laughs> you open the magazine and it's Jen's thoughts on the collapse of communism worldwide. You're on a Disney, uh, June episode or uh, release magazine thing. That's awesome because June is like the month that all the girls, like all their friends are getting married. So they're all like, ah, big wedding month. You know? That's a great That's month. That's probably to be why in it the- comes out in June. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, I was funny yes, because I had a dinner uh, interview and a scheduling of the photo shoot. So, and they're going to follow me around um, in a wedding, one of the weddings that I'm doing this month, and take pictures of me taking pictures, Hold which on. I find Hold extremely amusing. Hold on a second. There's going to be a film crew. <laughs> following you around on a normal day. A photography group. There are going to be people with cameras and the ability to document what's happening following you around oh, no. on a typical day. It's true. I know. I this pray that I fell trip disaster. It, I know, doesn't it? Jen, I have to tell you this. I think they I listened know. to the podcast. <laughs> I think they found you from that episode where we told them where you worked. That is a possibility. If y'all are giving my business fame, we need to put more episodes out. Yeah, because I don't think we put nearly enough content out. Well, no, and I, I, I today is just a gloating day because really I just got back from the meeting and I just slipped into my PJs to do the podcast. So I, I'm like fresh off this high. So what? it's really not a bit. It's not as big as Jen, it sounds, but I, I'm just on a high right now, and I think it's hilarious because my parents um, were were laughing because I was um, joking about being a big time celebrity because I'm going to be in this magazine, which is just hilarious. But but do y'all remember when I had won the um, the national uh, PPA Nature competition for yeah. some of the pictures I took in Yellowstone? Yeah. Um, well, that's part of it. That's where I got kind of noticed, I think. Do you think that's... it'll be in the uh, in the magazine, the part about the bear almost eating you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really? I, I have to. I should. I should have mentioned yeah, that's that. That's really good fodder for a bridal magazine. They're going to want to hear about bears eating you. <laughs> I know. No, people are going to want to hire you. They're going to say to well, themselves, hire horrible. this woman. She'll follow us anywhere. Well, Melinda, you know what's horrible is they were asking me all these questions, and, like, I, like, don't – I'm not myself. I'm pulling, like, this whole – 
um, why, yes, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> like I'm all <laughs> together and like completely different person. And I don't want them to know the real, <laughs> I'm not sure they would ever, they would go, okay, we picked the wrong person here. <laughs> Whatever. But I did. I was, it was fun. I always tell people that you're going to be the one to take pictures of my wedding. And then I send them to your little photo gallery. See, I, I sort of things. If ever That's I have nice. friends in Texas, it might actually work. <laughs> hey, Chad, I have a question for you. I'm getting married in, in just under two years, and I have to ask you, when you get on a plane, how much camera equipment can you bring with you, like hypothetically? Well, what I <laughs> I have done away weddings. Like usually it's like two big suitcases. And I carry on, I take a camera and carry on in case that gets lost. And now I was thinking about this because I want you to be, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, you know, part of the wedding, but also I want you to be photographing the wedding. Is it possible? We could strap <laughs> I was wondering a, when I would be used could here. We possibly strap a camera to your face and have you like give you like a regular job in the wedding, but also like every time you blink, for example, it would snap a picture. Could we? Could we yeah, like just that? get into my van or something. <laughs> that would yeah. be ideal, like an IV. <laughs> I know that like my camera, it's huge. Like there's no way I could. I have to have a strap and like a, a waist strap and like. <laughs> you're gonna see me about to say. Danielle's about to say I do, and all of a sudden you're gonna see like Jen on one foot going back, and he just tips over. <laughs> no, I have, I can't wear heels on the job. I did like the first time I was trying to be, you know, cute and sexy and together. Uh-huh. You know, one of those well put together people. Oh, yeah, like I like sprained my ankle and like limped the rest of the wedding. Like it was horrible. I had to like be barefoot outside and like freezing cold weather. That's awful. It was. Jeez. I have some. <laughs> you have what? I have some terrible wedding stories. Well, it's terrible. <laughs> Did you share them all with the a photographer? <laughs> no. <laughs> story you can think of. Best of um, cool Wow, I, I can't think of anything. The only thing I could think of right now is when um, I was doing a wedding last year, and this couple it was um it was one of those like ten thousand guests wedding. It was oh. huge, and um, yeah, like ridiculously huge. And um, where they like um, they had uh, rented the entire lobby and all the reception floors of this huge hotel like it was huge and um the couple had got up and you should have seen this cake i'm not joking when i say this cake was the length of two tables it was um it was shapes of it was each different cake was it was in the shape of a present they had wrapped them you know in in icing and had like the bows and icing and each cake was a different flavored cake it was really cool but the when the bride and groom went up to cut the cake, the groom tripped on the tablecloth, and the front cake, the the one the table flipped over, and the bride started crying, and like there was no consult, you know, there it was just like horrific, and the the groom's dad like tried to make light of it, and he was drunk, and it was just it was one of those moments that, and I have it on film, and I was like, oh my god. Like that's probably the worst, yeah, thing that's happened because that was like a, um, at least a fifteen thousand dollar cake, and it was just ridiculous. So, wow. But I, I don't know. Can't... There's funny I stuff that happens to you. Yeah, like spending fifteen thousand dollars <laughs> cake. <laughs> Hold on, while I try and. That's like, like my oh, entire wedding was. budget. It better be like the I best know. cake ever. 
I know. It was I'm big. like, I'm so Midwestern. I'm going, ouch. Oh, God. Like, why would you do that when your mom can make cake? <laughs> I know. Well, I wouldn't do that. I mean, I'm not one of the, bro- I mean, I was doing one wedding. This just tells you my mentality of who I am. I was doing this one wedding, and this little boy kept kicking me. I was doing like the bridal in the bridal room. This little boy, I swear he was like three. He would come up and just karate chop my leg and run away. And like, I would look and like limp. Like, I don't know why I was limping. I'm limping. But anyway, this guy. And so finally this woman, like I looked at him and I was like, please don't kick me. And I kind of said it in that voice. And the woman yanked the boy over and I thought she's going to like get on to him or something. And she looks down and she goes, darling, what did I tell you? We do not speak or touch the help. Oh. oh my God! You, and my, you I should hope have you seen karate chop chop the woman. I hope you like. No, I was just like, but but that just shows you what these people that I photograph their weddings like. They're a different class. Like they're a different. Like I don't have that same mentality at all. No, <laughs> they're not a different class. They just think they're in a different class. <laughs> no, I don't spend fifteen thousand dollars on a cake. That was my wedding budget. That was more than my wedding budget. I know. Like I, I know. I don't budget. like to get politics into the show, but may their tax cuts not be renewed. <laughs> That's cruel. <laughs> may they drown in the AMT. Okay. Well, yes. Now, now we're all like depressed because of class warfare, and you know, there's fifteen thousand destroyed dollar destroyed wedding cake. I'm I'm ready to turn in. What about you guys? <laughs> <laughs> no, we have to talk about shoebox. Jim, why don't you I start us off with the shoebox picking. project? No, I want Chi to. Okay, well then, Chi, start off about the shoebox project. Uh, oh, All right, we're starting. <laughs> I like Chi. She's like, ooh. Oh, like this is like a big honor. I feel like there should be like drums and trumpets. And well, you're <laughs> editing the episode. There could very well be drums. There could be drums and trumpets. I could just voice it off on Joe and be like, here, make me sound like I'm the shit. Great gopher holes. It slipped my mind. Okay. Um, <laughs> oh, I love that guy. He's so funny. Joe, um, just so everyone who listens to our show knows, was the voice of the narrator in the um, last special edition episode. No. I'm sorry, um, special edition number seven in the restricted section, Joe was the narrator. Yes, yes. And that was the one time he told me that he would ever speak in public. He's never going to do it again. And I was like, Joe! That's what you anyway. said to him, you yelled his name, yeah. and then there was an awkward moment of silence and there was after. an awkward okay. moment of silence. Just, yeah, okay. he's, he's funny, because he doesn't, he's an editor, like, that's his job, mm-hmm. and he doesn't want to be on the podcast, which is sad, because he's like, the he's funniest very, thing is sliced amusing. cheese. I'm titillated already. Sliced cheese, yeah. you say? Sliced cheese, yeah. Bad cheese or good cheese? <laughs> good cheese. All Not right. the kind of cheese that makes you and I put on our grumpy pants. Okay, Chi, how about the shoebox project? Oh, the shoebox project. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, I don't, like, what do you want me to start off, ta- like, I'm going to start ta- part, part one or just talk about the thick in general? Just talk about the thick in general because you do not do Marauder Fix, as I recall. Unless you actually, them I do. Them full of crap. Okay, I thought. I you- do. Well, I I wrote one because I couldn't find any that I liked, and then I read this one. <laughs> so, I mean, I know my way around this genre, but um, it's not something that I would go like seek out normally. Mostly because they're all crap. Okay, but- so what most likely happened? Because I'm just judging your life by my life. Jen assaulted you one day and said, you must read this, you must read this, I'm kidnapping all of your loved ones until you read this, correct? <laughs> I really well, I did, had... didn't I? You did. She yeah. did. What had happened was, Jen and I had met, obviously, 
um, in February or March because of the podcast. Right. And um, we started this thick exchange. Like mm-hmm. she was going to read everything that I had written, and I was going to read the ones <laughs> I'm still that she. On that. <laughs> oh Jesus! You I'm can stop. A Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> so, like that's not old for the like rest of my life. Um, and then uh, so I was reading. Did I do Shoebox Project for the? I did Shoebox Project in a year like none other for our fake exchange. Right. And um, I, I was like maybe halfway through the first chapter. And I, I am Jen, and I'm like, I think you have just changed my life. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I know, Doc, I know. <laughs> because. Like, I know, read more. I, I was know. like, I was absolutely in tears. I was laughing so hard. My sister's like, what can possibly be that funny? And I was like, I don't have time to explain it to you because I have to keep reading. <laughs> and, the way uh, this story is done is so different from any other fic I've ever seen. I mean, you really get the sense that. It's like pulling little pieces of paper out of a shoebox. It's, that's exactly it. It's so, it's so unique and it's so witty and it's so sharp. You know, everything about this is just like right on it. You know, it, 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 it's re- very intelligent. It reads like something that was almost written by Aaron Sorkin. It just has mm-hmm. that. I like, was just going to say that. And then I, I was like, I, when I was, um, re- when I was reading it, when I was thinking about. Yeah. Coming on here, I was like, Brian's going to say it sounds like Aaron Sorkin wrote it. Ooh, that was deep. It does. P.S. and I, we got a thing going on here. We got a thing. I'm looking at Aaron Sorkin right now. <laughs> I have no idea who that is. He wrote The West Wing and he wrote um, Studio 60 and he wrote The American President with Michael Douglas and Annette Benning. Oh, I love that movie. See? Yeah. Good comparison. Because right they do the, the King and I Waltz. Mm hmm. They do? Yeah. Oh, they do. See? I remember. I remember. So romantic. I love this fic. And I think that one of the key things, like, to this fic that, like, immediately hooks people is, like, even though it's, even though it's a quote unquote slash fic, it is. So subtle. It's very subtle. It's very, very, you might miss it if you don't read it. The first five chapters it is. Yeah. yeah, well, yeah. this is a yeah. slash. This is a slash. I'm using my bunny ear fingers, a slash. Where? I thought yeah. I missed that. Did you read well, the Well, I mean, you kind of have to. Have, you <laughs> have like, to oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> I mean, nothing wrong well, with that. Point, I don't think you're supposed to realize it. Well, no, you yeah. could. You could. There were certainly. Um, yeah, it's, it's not like after the end, in which case you can read it and be like, were they? I mean, you get the sense, it's, certainly at this point, like, definitely in the scene. It's building. You, it's more blatant later on, but it, it's it's building. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I, that's, yeah, you can definitely get the sense of it, um, especially, I think it's in Chapter 4, which is which is yeah. the chapter where they're flying to meet Sirius, to meet Remus at his house. No, it's Chapter 2. Two. 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 You definitely get yeah. the, you can definitely get the sense of it there. I mean, one of the great things I think these chapters do is that they show... Exactly how easier. I keep saying Peter. I'm sorry, James. He seems like James. Um, James to see is, and how much of his feelings towards. And just to backtrack, I have only read up to chapter five, but how much of his feelings towards Sirius are still, you know, the forefront of everything he is. There's there, there's a great deal of tension there. There's a great deal of. Um, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is. He seems to 
still doubt the fact that, you know, their friendship is something that he is an equal partner in. It's like kind of mm-hmm. like the reverse of Heathergrew, whereas Heathergrew always, I think, feels like an outcast and to many part, to many extents is, I think, Remus, even though he knows better, always feels a little bit like an outcast, especially when he's around um, Peter and when he's around um, Sirius, which is interesting because Sirius feels the exact opposite. He always feels like he's an outcast to Remus, and he feels, you know, like Peter is much easier, someone he's, you know, much... Much easier to be around. Much easier to be around. It's easier. Everything's easier. There's no (laughs) complication. There's no, you know... There's no undertone with James. Everything is very... Yeah, I really love how each of the four is written in this whole story. They're so very distinct, and they've got their own voice, and you can hear it through. But especially the one I really like, the way they wrote, is Peter. Because usually any other Marauder fic I've seen makes him either just, just a tag along that nobody else really wanted. They didn't really pay much attention. They just sort of tolerated. But he was a Marauder. He, they all trusted him enough that they made him that secret keeper. And this is the first fic that I've read that doesn't treat Peter as, as just almost a joke. You, you know, he's a real... Well, I mean, to some extent, they, they treat him he, like he's, a joke. He's a tag-along, true, he is, but he well, still... Well, he's like the immature one, but they don't write him as stupid, stupidly, I don't think. No, well, they, write no. Him, they, they write him almost like, I felt, like the goofy sidekick. I mean, especially in the chapter where they're all in class exchanging notes back and forth, Peter was yeah. clearly the And his really notes are... Ridiculous, but he's still included as one of them. Where everything else I've read, it's been the three of them and and him, almost like they don't really want him there. And, and I don't get the sense of that in this one. He comes across, at least from what I've read, like and there's parts where he his character um, certainly shines, but he comes across like across like the dopey sidekick. Yeah. But what yeah. Belinda's yeah. saying, I could be wrong because I agree. My biggest worry when I was reading the first like chapter and a half, and he was nowhere there that they were going to kind of uh, stick him off to the side and he wouldn't have a major role. So that even if he's the sort of the dopey sidekick a little bit, he's very much part of the dynamic, and he's not an outsider looking in. Right. Exactly. That's, well, and yeah, they that's don't exclude him. him. I mean, it's not an obvious we're a group and right. he's the tack along. I mean, he's they write it where he's part of the four. Exactly. You understand. Well, they give him a reason. I mean, you finally get to understand his mentality. A bit. That's the hardest part is when you're writing a Marauder spec, speaking of somebody that's done it, is you find yourself at this point where you go, well, I mean, you have to start off saying, I have to consciously make Peter a part of the group. Because as a reader of Harry Potter, I would prefer him not exist. Right. Well, as readers of the the canons, we know what happens. We know what Peter becomes, what he does. We know everything about him. So we go into it hating him. But you have to get back in the mindset of, of James and Lily and Sirius and Remus, they didn't. They knew him as a kid at school, and you, right. and to build the friendship there, was no there. Hint of what was about to happen, right? So you have to, I mean, and then you have to go. Okay, well, then what makes this guy who has this group of wonderful friends that he probably is very certain he doesn't deserve, like Remus, like um. What's really interesting is I think of the psychology, like as a offspring of this point, is the psychology of each of them brothers and how every one of them is certain that on some level they don't deserve this wonderful friendship that has happened to them, except for James. And then James is the first to go, which is interesting. Um, I and, like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 
James James is the only one I'm pretty sure that had a semi-normal childhood because yeah. Sirius grew up pretty sure of his parents' hypocrisy. Ramus was bitten as, by a werewolf by a young child, and if that doesn't cause tension in a marriage, I don't know what will. Yeah. And, you know, Peter obviously had some deep-rooted self-esteem problems based on the way that he interacts with Voldemort and Sirius and Ramus in the books. Yeah. So James is the only normal one. And he kind of gets labeled like as a jerk by everybody else, but that's just because he's not broken. Well, you know, I just want to jump Until, on something you just said. It's, it's interesting to me because this is the first Marauder fic I think I've ever read. It is. I've read a couple one shots. Oh, there, really? But yeah, this is my first Marauder fic. And um, you know, Julia somewhere, Phil somewhere, grabbed the shot glasses. It reminds me of it. it, it it's it's like the Battlestar Galactica thing. It's like there's this massive event. There's the betrayal by Peter, and there's, you know, the killing of James and Lily, and there's, you know, Sirius being hauled off to Azkaban, and there's Remus failing to do anything for Harry. <laughs> and that's the one event that really changes all of their lives forever. And it's, you look at everything before it as, you know, what decisions were made every single day that led to that event, and you look at everything after it as how do you survive from here. I mean, it's the focal point of the entire series that we watch. And and read and listen to and it's 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 the entire fandom is based around the events of that one day. So it's interesting for me to be on the other side of it for once and to be looking at it saying, okay, how did they get here? It's like Galactica before the attack. It's how you go back and say, okay, show me every decision that was made that led to that day. So one of the things that I felt was interesting, having never read a Marauder fic, is that when we see Sirius for the first time, it's thirteen years after. You know, he was put into prison and, you know, was tormented by Dementors every day. You know, we've never met James except for fragments on the worst day of his life. You know, we've only seen Peter as a servant of Voldemort, essentially. And we've seen Remus as the broken man who lost everyone. So it's interesting for me because going back, I feel as though any author who goes back this far, especially back to, you know, 1970, 1975, really gets to remake these characters. I mean, they have to be somewhat recognizable, but think about it. I mean, you can't, like, you could write Sirius virtually any way you wanted to at this point because his character is going to be so drastically altered by the time we get to him in the canon that you can really show just about any journey you want. I mean, how does this work? Like, for you who have read many Marauder's Fix and have written, you know, Marauder's Fix, how is this you know, fic, I guess, equate to those? Like, how, like, does that make sense, or do you disagree, or I'm curious? Well, one thing I want to say about Sirius' characterization based on after when we see him in canon, he's been in Azkaban. Mm-hmm. Well, he acts like he didn't grow up, so I kind of think it's not that Azkaban changed him so, changed him so much, though I think it did. I think it's more like it stopped him. It stunted him. Yeah. Yeah. It stunted him. Yeah. It's like he went into Azkaban and he was 22 years old and he came out and he was 23, you know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, that's kind of when you're, you're sitting down and you're like, okay, I'm going to write the story of Harry and Je- Harry's parents up until the day that they die, which is kind of what I sat down and did. You have to say, to yourself, and I think that these people did too. You have to say to yourself, "Okay, we have we have a pivot point, which is the day that James and Lily die, and everything kind of circles around that." So, 
I have to take the Ramus that I know from 13 years ago and move him back, and serious, and move him back. And I have to make Peter interesting and lovable. And I have to make James somebody that Lily could fall in love with. And at the same time, I mean, not everything can be doom and gloom. That's the problem, is that I think that too many Marauders fix go one of two ways. A, it's too too light. It's too funny. Everything is, is too, I mean, they write, you know, um, 10 things I hate about you in James and Lily's time. Or they go too dark and everything is angsty and there's all these undertones and, you know, everybody hates each other secretly. And I mean, like, I'm, I'm sure if I'm, maybe I'm the only person that's noticed this, like, chasm in this fandom. What's really great about Shoebox Project is that it's funny and it's light, but it's definitely barreling down a dark path. And yeah, by, you know where it's going. That's not the one thing I've always had with Marauders Fix. They're, they've never been my absolute favorite, but it's because you know what's going to happen. And I've always, I get very, very emotionally attached to the characters that I like. Mm-hmm. So I always, you know, if I read a Marauder, I keep that that wall up. You know, don't don't love anybody too much because this is all going to change. But this one, something about it just drew me in, and I found out <clears throat> I found myself really, really liking Sirius in the very first couple chapters. He was cracking me up. Yeah, but he's hilarious, was, but he's also not it, mentally stable. He's not. And, and a few chapters in, I was like, okay, I'm over my crush on him. And I had a new crush on James by then. And yeah. I really, really liked the character of James just came out of this story. And I really, really liked him. And I could oh. see where parts of Harry, who I think is yeah. more like Lily, but I could see parts of Harry coming out in James. It was really neat. I really, really got involved with all the characters in this story. But I, I really like how... Oops, sorry. I'm going to make this point, and Jen, you can talk. I really like how in in James and Lily, they're definitely two distinct people. They're not like they split Harry up into different pieces and, you know, gave him, you know, this is his female characteristics and this is his male characteristics, so obviously his parents were like this. But you can tell how he came from that. And I think yeah. that's a really cool part of the story, too. I wish there was more James and Lily. Sorry, I, fa- I found myself wishing, as I'm reading, it's a lot of Sirius and Remus. Obviously, that that that's the nature. But I kept wishing there'd be more of the James and Lily story in this within this fic because I really liked it. I enjoyed the thing with her bra, though. I hope you choke. That was nice. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you die. Very truly yours, Lily. Yes. yes. What so, I like about can I ask guys a question? Actually, to make sure I'm, I'm clear on something. Sure. So, James isn't part of a slash thing. He really is interested in Lily. But Peter, it's one big orgy, serious, Mike. It's one big orgy. No, Peter is not. What? Peter? No, no it's, it's just for the serious. Oh, yeah. just those two. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only a chef. Mike's like, I'm going to go on mute. I'm going to skim this again very carefully, <laughs> looking for hidden signals. Be like, in between the lines, there's smut. Uh, <laughs> hold on, Mike. I just have to tell you, you knew when after the end, there was like a there was a slash thing between Sirius and Remus there too, right? Oh, there no. is? There's there, a... There's, no, that, really? it's, it's, oh, goody. It's, it's left open in it's, It is. I, I have to say that before, you know, Jenya sends me hate mail again. It's written, there's, when you read it, you can, you can go either way with it. There's, they actually yeah. drop clues both ways. Oh, good. Cause like, I default to that because this is me. 
and I'm I don't glad think it's, they're I not wasn't just reading into it. Yeah, you're not a big fan of Tonks, then, I guess, Tonks, and... Ooh, yeah, there you go. I am not a big fan of Tonks. I'm feeling really oblivious right now. <laughs> Poor <Mike. laughs> Well, what, I want to talk about James a little bit more. I think what I like about his character so much is that they give him a bit of, enough of a childhood buoyancy, if that's the right word, you know, to keep things at that age. Kids are light, but I think... What's really cool about him is they give us glimpses of the maturity that I know that he'll eventually have. That I that I don't think very many authors are are. I think this is true, and I don't mean this in a condescending way, but I don't think a lot of fan fiction authors out there are very mature. And I think in order to write mature, you have to be somewhat mature yourself and be able to recognize a quality this in yourself. <laughs> In chapter five, actually, I, I jotted down this line because it, 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 I liked it. It was, oh, grow up, James says in one of his abrupt and powerful explosions that are all the more effective for their rarity and serious startled does. And I, I really liked that sentence. And mm-hmm. it's just a hint of the responsible, mature James that's to come. Um, well, and I think that that line stands that I, I circled that one, too, actually. And I think that that line also stands out because serious. I mean, what I like about. The shoebox is they give the journey of the marauders, and we all know that it's a, the, the story of these four friends. But everybody knows that in friends, you have your great friends, and then you have like that one person who is somehow a little bit more special in your heart, or you know, that's your person. Yeah. Does that, you know, and I like that they show that Remus doesn't really have somebody, but him and Sirius have. A thing going, but we know that there is nothing going to happen between James and Sirius. Like they are connected somehow. And then Peter is just alone. And I think that that's another good way that they have distanced Peter because they haven't given him that person. But, but I think what I, what I like about, um, what I like about that sentence specifically is I think because uh, Sirius and James have that that trust between them, that relationship of family where you don't ever question that person because they're going to always be there, that kind of mentality. Um, and I think when James finally says anything in a um, – you know, step back, serious. You're wrong here, or, or do you know anything that kind of where it breaks that connection? I think serious is immediately. Does well, that that they definitely take the time to make sure that you understand that James is the figurehead here. He's like the leader of the pack. You yeah. Know? And if he was to say anything to either one of the to any of the three boys, they would fall in line. Because James is the default leader. But at the same time, they don't write the other ones as just moronic. They're not subordinate. They're not subordinate, but no. when, there, when it comes time for somebody to make a decision, it is always going to be James. James is the man it's one. always going to be James. And that's an interesting, I mean, that's kind of another interesting point about James Potter. You know, because uh, especially after... Um, is it Half-Blood Prince where there's that really awful scene with Snape? I'm my canon mine is Order. 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 There's that really bad there's that really awful scene with Order. There was a backlash against James Potter. And I think that's kind of interesting because you, you know he had to have something about him 
because, you know, Lily is almost a saint in canon, which is one of my beefs with canon. Um, she's almost a saint. She's a little too perfect. She loves everybody, blah, 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 blah. So if she's this person that is so inherently good that half the men at Hogwarts fell in love with her. Right, and then flawed, yes. Yeah. Um, then there had to be something about James that matched that, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that that, I think this story does a very effective job of demonstrating the boy that James Potter was and the man that he becomes. And all of it happens over this arc in the, in this year where there, um, you know, where so many life changing things happen. Yeah. That, I mean, there's no way that you can go through this year that they're describing. And not well, we know that we knew that eventually. They, I mean, I think what's so heartbreaking about this story is you know that something is going to happen yeah. that's going to make these four characters go from this really light childhooded prankster friends to the leading members of the order against the you know the army of darkness. Blah blah blah. Well, that's yeah, and, I mean that's something that's appealing to me greatly. Starring this, I think I'm coming from the opposite opinion of of Melinda, the fact that I know where the story's ending actually makes it that much more interesting for me to read it. I agree. To see how they do it. Yeah, because it's like, and uh, I'll just take your shots at it, guys. I'm unstoppable tonight. I mean, my time, the, the story I look for is, is the Babylon five story. It's in the first season. They're going to tell you this guy. <laughs> ki- no, they, they do. They say this guy is going to kill this guy in 20 years. This place is going to be destroyed in 20 years, and, and one you know little ship is going to make it out you know just before the whole place comes down. You don't know Wait, why. Happens? Yeah, you don't know why they die. You don't know why they kill each other. You don't know what causes it. You don't know why they're in the place they're in. You don't know why the place is going to be destroyed. You don't know who's on the shuttle, who survives. You don't know any of it. You, you know how the story is going to end, and starting from the very beginning, you think you get Oh well, this must happen, and this mu- and and that must, and and this must. But you don't know how it's going to come together. I mean, if you could have shown, you know, um, James Potter and you know, and, and Sirius and Peter and Remus, you know, it, okay. Here's a great example. Say if in this story, you know, it's sixth year and they're in div- divination class and they all have you know a vision or they see something in the crystal ball and they see Peter you know, going after Sirius and they see James and Lily's, you know, dead bodies, you know, and, and the Hulk that was, um, you know, their home. And they see, you know, you know, James going after Sirius and they show someone saying, you know, Sirius killed Peter and you see, and you see Sirius being dragged off to Azkaban. You're going to think what everyone thought. You're going to think that in a few years, Sirius turns out to be a murderer and you're going to think that Peter died trying to save his friends. And you're going to think that, you know, that Sirius betrayed everybody. But, but so if you live it through those years, trying to get to that point, you're going to think, you know, what's going to happen and you'll see the true events, but you won't get the real story. And I, for me reading this, that's what I'm looking for. I know that in a few years, Peter will betray everyone. I know that Remus, you know, will end up going on the journey. He goes on. I know that Sirius will go to Azkaban and I know that James will be dead, but I don't know why yet. So for me, that's the knowing how the story will end. You know, it really puts, you know, the, the well, and seeing the- and seeing how the some of the characters get together. Like I know it. One of my big things was seeing how they would put James and Lily together, and I think that was my main appeal for this story is how they go about it. Really, Jen? 
Yeah, I yeah, really like James and Lily aspect of the story too. But wait a minute, did, did we talk to the authors of this one at all? Either of them? Do we know? Because it's not a finished story. It's not a finished. It's story. It's like, WIP, yeah. That's my question: Is it stopping at the betrayal, or is it? Gonna, are we going to eventually see them interacting with Harry, or when, or just the end? I of think no, that's, that's it, a great story. Where, that's a great question for you guys to write down when they come on for this. Yeah, <laughs> because. Provided we can get a hold of them. Um, I wrote them a novel-length email today, so hopefully uh, we can get a hold of them. I do know that Lady Jada is um, actually being published. So she has a real-life project that she's getting money for. (laughs) 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 Which is always a good one. I think it's probably taking precedence over the shoebox project. But I do want to go back, and I want to, before we dive into the plot of the story, I really want to talk about just for a few minutes, the format of this story, what yes, makes it so too. appealing and what makes it so different and so unique. Because um, I think that this is something that we can keep coming back to, like why the format of this story is so beneficial. I think it was actually probably the best choice for a format of this type of story. You know? I agree, yeah. I, I think this is the best thing that they could have done for this type of story. And, oh, man. Uh, yeah. I agree. It boggles the mind how they came up with it. But um, if you haven't read The Shoebox Project, first of all, get off your butt and read it because it's amazing. But um, (laughs) I love that y'all can say that now. (laughs) um, What's so cool about it is if you go, if you happen to have Adobe Reader and you can download the PDF version, um, there are pictures, there are like actual notes, Mm -hmm. there are, I mean, it's so, it's so cool. You know, um, just in that it really, I think it's, it sinks you into the world that much faster. They don't have to spend any time at the beginning of the story setting the scene like the rest of us do. Like, you know, Melinda, you know from experience probably, it takes a two or three chapters, two or three paragraphs sometimes to remind people, you know, of where they are. Yeah. Oh, you're in Harry Potter. You know, remember you're in the wizarding world, you know. Yeah there's magic going on this is instant it's an instant seeking into this world that's my opinion i think that's why it's so cool that just makes me so happy i, I just i knew that when i had came when i came to potterfic weekly and i was saying oh you guys gotta read this and this and this and everybody was like wow i've never even heard of it i was like i was just beyond myself because really like cha- like like she said it's, it makes me sad i mean this is something i think that is very unique and individual from from most fan fiction out there and um even i mean not even if we don't mention the pictures and the notes and the the drawing you know all of that stuff even just the way it's written is unique (laughs) right it's like reading an entry out of my diary yeah, I like how the two different authors each took their own characters. Like one will do James, one will do Sirius, and then the one that does James will also do Snape. And the one that does—I I could be getting it wrong—who's writing who? But they all took their own characters, they and so they gave characters. them such perfect voices. The way they interact and play off each other, and they're all so distinct. It's—it's it's really neat, and they, the characters just come alive off the page. Well, it's one of the, when you read it too. I mean, to go with what Lady Chi was just saying, in that you know you can do things so much more easily, you know, without having to set it up like a traditional story. I mean, there, there's something to be said with if there's a story going on, 
and you have an author who is trying to, like, for example, like, assume for the moment that this is a real story, and these are real people, and these are real events, and, and an author is sitting down to channel, you know, the story of, of you know, Sirius Black and, and Raymond Lupin and James Pother and Peter Pettigrew. The author is going to put their own inflections into that story. They are going to put their own perspective into that story. You know, what words they choose to put in, you know, what perspective they tell a particular scene from is going to decide how we interpret that story. And I have to feel that the fact that we have, you know, the story being told in most part by the characters, it, it, it is extremely beneficial for the story. I mean, from my from my perspective, reading chapter five, I feel as though I learned more from the character of Remus by being able to read his diary and seeing exactly how he changed from the moment he came to school and onward. I think I don't know if I could have gotten that if you know they had you know Remus and Sirius trapped in an elevator or whatever, and, and they're talking about or if they're reminiscing or whatever. Like I don't know how else you get that information across to me as well as they did. And I don't know how you can convince me, you know, that Peter Pettigrew is, is you know, a lovable, you know, dopey kid unless you pa- have him pass notes in the middle of a serious discussion that says, I have new socks on. <laughs> like, I mean, like, like, you know what I mean? It's like that, like, okay, got it. I mean, that, I mean, I just think that's a very direct way of telling a great story. And, and I love that. I mean, I love the fact that I was actually waiting. I wasn't sure how um, Chapter 5 was going to end when, when we're getting near the bottom of the chapter and, and, you know, and, and Remus's, you know, diary is open and, and Sirius is reading it. I thought the chapter would actually end with like a photo of like, you know, Sirius just finishing and Remus standing at the door or something. I thought there would be some type of, you know, using pictures to show it to shock. I, I didn't know, but that's the type of thing, which I think, I don't know. It, it's different. I don't know if it, it would work in every story, but for this one, it's definitely a great perspective. Well, I think you'd have to pick and choose what kind of storylines you could tell with this type of, I mean, this is a, this type of story lends itself very well to this style, but there are others that, that wouldn't, you know, you couldn't write the Harry defeating Voldemort this way. You can certainly tell a Marauder story this way. Well, and you, I think that yeah, is, yeah, you couldn't have told, you know, the story of what happened with, you know, James and Sirius and, and Remus, you know, and Snape and, and, and the Shrieking Shack. You couldn't have told that story. You could have told the reaction to the story, but you couldn't have told the story. I right. think maybe this, I could be wrong, but I was thinking as you were talking, Ryan, that one of the strengths of this fic is that it very much relies on your knowledge of the books. Like I was thinking to myself, if this was written like sort of the same story, but without Harry Potter knowledge, someone who, who never read the books came in and read this, I don't think it would quite have the same impact. I think what they do so well is that they sort of play on what you already know and they play on your assumptions. So you're reading a little bit between the lines and that's what's fleshing out the story. Well, true too. I mean, you wouldn't know, okay, like how would chapter, like let's jump into the chapters. You have, you know, the, the first chapter, which is, which is the letters back and forth between um, Sirius Remus and, and, and James. And I'm going to call James Peter and Peter James throughout this. I can't help it. It's the same reason we call <laughs> Jen Meg and Meg G. I, I can't, I, I can't. Help it. So try and follow along with me. Try and hang in. <laughs> like, like, I mean, when you look back in those chat, okay, unless, okay, we know from it that it's summer break. So they're going back to Hogwarts in the fall. So we know that to start with. And we know who Sirius is. We know who Remus is. We know why Remus, 
you know, has low self-esteem. We know why Remus's face is scarred. We know certain things. But if this were, you know, a story that wasn't in the in the Potter universe, we starting off just reading these letters. Who the hell is Remus Lupin? Who the hell is Sirius Black? You know, okay, they're apparently guys. Are they are they boyfriends? Like you 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 wouldn't have any idea. Well, then we have, you know, unfortunately, Mike who didn't read between the lines, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it was maybe the style was unsuccessful i don't know but um so i mean yeah there's certain stories that you definitely couldn't tell but let's jump into this first chapter what were your thoughts especially like cheese start like was this the first chapter you read too or did jen voice something else on you or i think it didn't i say something like chi read the first chapter i swear to god you're gonna be hooked read the first chapter damn right. it yes that's what she said damn it is, read the first <laughs> chapter she said you're either going to like it, or she said you're either going to love it, or you're going to hate it. There's the, she said there's not too much in between. And I settled myself down to hate it. Because I'm one of those people, as, I'm sure, you, as, as I'm sure you all know from the podcast, that does not like much fan fiction at all. Like, it has to be... No, really, Chi? It has to be... I mean, <laughs> it has to be pretty... Which is sad why I read so much of it. But, um, I mean, I, I like very specific things. And I expect a certain level of quality. And if I don't get that, then I become very irritated and write nasty things about you on my LJ. Um, but as <laughs> all of you that have access, no. <laughs> um, but I, I took Jen on her word because um, I had just read the first, like, 15 chapters of A Year Like None Other. And um, I went to Shoebox Project, and the first 15 chapters of a year like that are really good. And I went to Shoebox Project, and I read it through, and I was laughing so hard. I think I said I was crying. And, um, I mean, just the dialogue, how snappy it is back and forth, and how, um, like, the first time I saw Sirius's letter, and I saw how grammatically messed up it was, and my eyes started to twitch, and then <laughs> Ramus came Ramus back, and was like, Thomas! <laughs> and I was like, oh my god, Ramus is me! And I was so excited! And, um, you know, I like, that relation, like, I think that sets up the feel of the story very well. That's a well, very good chapter, and that there's a lot of volleying back and forth, and it kind of just sets the tone. It's really, it's really good. This makes me, this makes me think so much about, I don't know if any of y'all read, like I love finding the authors and kind of getting into their lives and figuring out who they are as people and kind of what they do. And, and I was looking at the um, Lady Jada live journal, you know, she's got an awesome live journal page where, you know, she updates frequently over there. Um, and I was looking back at the original post when they first came out with this story um, and I just, I just cringe at the date. It's J- June 26, 2004. Um, and they wrote this and, and she actually, and I want to read this because it's so hilarious and it's so true to the story. Um, so the other day, Friday to be exact, Dorkerific and I embarked upon a glorious journey. The plan one, number one, Remus and Sirius, Remus slash Sirius was to be created. Two, the likes of which the world has never seen before. Three, with as little angst as possible, and four, involving mixed media. <laughs> and, Can and you like, send a link to that to Mike, please? Thanks. Okay. <laughs> and so, to, you, and just, like Sorry. that was their plan, and I really feel that man, they've captured it fantastically. What's really funny is that is the as little angst as possible by chapter three. 
you can really tell that Ramus, for some reason, knows something is not right and is does not feel entirely comfortable in his own skin, which is interesting because it kind of like that should have been your first sign, Mike. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just, he doesn't want to hug his boys because he's afraid. <laughs> well, they were naked at the time too. Can I just tell you, I've not like I like okay. Here's the thing: you're trying the picture, okay. Like, as you as a reader go back and you're like, okay, does it, like, for example, if, you know, like, if Remus was a drug dealer, you know, at 16, you could be like, hmm, that's an interesting characterization. I mean, you have to go back and you have to be able to, you know, focus, you know, and, and tell if this character's written well. And it's like, you know, you're, you, we, you, we go back and I'm like, okay, you know, what would Sirius be like? And what would James be like? I'm trying to get this in my head so I can tell if it equates to what they wrote. And all you know is that they're naked, scaring people. And I'm like, I can see that. I can see that. That that works for me. I can I can definitely see that. And there's even a line where Remus is. I think it's in chapter two where Remus is even like, it must have been the Quidditch locker rooms. It's changed them because it's like they're naked all the time. And it's just like, I just thought that was great. And it's like, I don't know. It's like, all right. Let's. Can I just tell you by the way? I have this. I just updated um my my version of my web browser, so I have this cool feature that lets me search for words in, in chapters, and it tells me how often the words come up. The the word vroom shows up six times in chapter one. I just want. I know it's a great <laughs> word. It is. Well, it I is. love the letters. Crack me up because I know the 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 detail the de- the the attention to detail these authors take the time to put in. This is not, I, and I was thinking to myself, I was like, what, why is this so different than a lot of other fakes? And I'm like, this is a fake that you have to read every word. You have to take the time to put in your head the dialogue that the scenes are calling for. You know, you can't speed read through these lines. No. Because you well, miss it. I was definitely hooked by, there's this one paragraph in the first page of the first chapter I have to read because this is when I decided I was in love with this fic. I was going to read it all the way to the end. This is like a whole new tea. I don't know this person. This I know. She's like, it goes, I've got to help James. Speaking of which, he says, hello, Mooney. Telling, tell him I'm doing great and I want him to send back my jacket. This is, of course, not true. He's not doing great. He is stuck in a window. Weird. Oh, my that gosh. That is, the most, that is the most. I love that. Serious thing. <laughs> Now, and it never me. ever explains why James' head is stuck in the window. It just oh, kind of leaves it that moves along. You don't need to know that. Now, t- now I read this this paragraph and I said to myself, "This seems oddly familiar. I, I, this has happened to me before." Um, okay, I'll, hang on. Let me go. Okay, I have copied the following from the Merriam-Webster dictionary I have on hand in order to be one most correct in my assumption and two most helpful from such a great distance. Comma. Number one, grammar, a punctuation mark. Then there's a little comma drawn. Used to uh, indicate a separation of ideas or elements within the structure of a sentence. I I swear to God, I thought it was going to say number two, scathed. (laughs) (laughs) And for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, listen to every episode we've ever released. It's in there somewhere. But I'm just like, this seems oddly familiar. I'm like, oh, my God, Lady Chi is a werewolf. I, had, I wrote that down on my notes. Uh, on she is really, she's Lupin. Yeah, I was having the same thought. I was like, as I was reading this, I was like, I'm pretty sure I have had this conversation with a few of my beta E's. You know, <laughs> at the same time, I think Remus is so is very dry. Yeah. I think he's a lot drier 
Like you yeah. have a Hermione. You have dry humor sometimes when it calls for it, but I think you're overall a bit. I mean, I don't see <laughs> I don't see Remus as snarky, as snarky humor. Do you know? He can be. Uh, it kind of. No, he can do it. It's a defense mechanism for him. Yeah. He has a lot of it's vulnerability, but he he can pull it off. And like it's it, it it's trying for him. You get that sense that Sirius can do it. You know, without even breaking a sweat. And James is more of the serious Harry like one, but he he can still do it. Siri, I'm sorry, um, Remus. It's a it's a it's a defense mechanism. He can do it. But it's even, you know, like, it's, it's shown very well, I think, in Chapter 2, when they when they land and they come and they're, and they're half-naked and they're drenched and he brings them tea. And it's like he, he's acting like they're waiters. Oh, he's, he's oh like, my, yeah. what's the line where, it's the one right before, and I wanted to say this line. It was the line right before Sirius tackles him. And he said, and he looked, what is it? He, I love it. English, I, I have to find it. Is yeah, it something about the but. He looked like a boy rather than a butler. Yeah, I think and it was that's such a fantastic line. I think that Ramus is one of the most well-built, char- built characters in this story. In that he has so many layers. You well, know, I think said. Right when Mar on Ramus's face, is that canon, or is that? I seem to remember when they saw it's him on the train. That he's he's got a, a bit of a Harry notices a bit of a scar on his face, but I don't know if I just yeah, imagine no, that. And then I believe no, I th- I always thought the scars were from the movies because I can remember when they showed the first pictures of the POA movie, people were mad. I don't. I'm gonna have to look because I really did think that, that was canon. We'll have to look back. Yeah, something about it made me think like when they saw him on the train and he was sleeping, and Harry described him that that, that old faded scars on his. I, I, I could be wrong completely about that, or it could be. Just ingrained now in my mind from this, but 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 I I was wondering if that was canon or not. I have that line right here for you too, Jen. He's oh, laughing. I did. Yeah. Yeah. He's laughing nonetheless, and despite struggling, laughing, pushing against Sirius's arms with his hands, he looks at last like the boy he is instead of a butler in a bad Muggle picture. And that's even like there's even the reaction when even James and, and Sirius are like you know, like Remus, like snap out of it, like we're here, like. Well, like, I oh, think what they write, they capture awkwardness so well oh it's absolute yeah it's absolute awkwardness it's like you don't know how to react and that's the thing too it's 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 a double-edged sword it's that Sirius does not know sometimes how to react around remus it's uncomfortable for him and and you can tell this like anytime you're you know the guy and you're comfortable around everyone and you're a very popular person but you meet that girl that makes you you know you don't know what to say and, and you lose your self-confidence around this one person you can tell that Sirius is a very very snarky, very, you know, you know, he's walking around naked, peeing all over the place, you can imagine. And, 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 you know, Remus makes him reconsider, and that's why... Make it sound so charming. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Don't you like and it's like, and it's like to James, he's, 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 James is comfortable to him. And, 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 and that's something that, you know, James is grateful for. I'm sorry, that, um, Sirius is grateful for because it allows, you know, Remus, I'm, I can, okay, four guys in the story and I can't call anyone by the right <laughs> name. But, you know what I mean? You know what I mean. But, but it works the other way too because Remus doesn't know how to react either. And when you look at it, you have Sirius and James who seem so similar, who, you know, the, 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 the line, you know, when they're half naked, oh, you know, it's Quidditch and, you know, they're, they're just so comfortable in their own skin because he's not. So it's it's, it's well. It's I like think that. you said it so well, so perfectly earlier when you said that Remus has such a vulnerability 
And I think mm-hmm. that is a major part of, of the depth of the characters that they create. They really is that they put so much in these chapters just that show like I feel like I fully understand Remus and we didn't get a lot of narration <laughs> on you know what I mean? It's like we didn't right. get a lot of narration on him. But it's like I feel like I love him like okay no, I love him too. I like jumped into the room and he seemed completely unsurprised to find two half-naked, wet, dripping boys, you know, in, in there. didn't, You know, they didn't come through the door or anything, but he just automatically gives them a job to do. Go come down to the basement. We have a flood or whatever. It's, it reminded me of the Weasleys almost. I, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, just, no, I want to read that line, too, because this is my life. I just need to read this line. Hold on. Let me get which part? The end tell of chapter two. I, I know which I love by. that line. I have to tell you, th- this, is, this is my life. This is my house. This is my life. This is my luck. And, and well, basically, this is Jen's life, but I'm stealing it for the moment. Remus <laughs> okay. freezes. He has a mouthful of Sirius's hair, and Sirius is breathing hard <laughs> against his back, and James's arm is caught between their bellies, and James himself is struggling to get himself free, no doubt to leap upon and therefore murder both of them. Remus thinks he may have a black eye in the morning. Now, like, that <laughs> is like me every single day trying to get to work, just saying. <laughs> um, he says, hi, Dad. The basement's flooded, John Peter Blupin says, and the motorbike is trying to break down our front door. Hello, Sirius. Hello, James. Are either of you very good at bailing water? <laughs> <laughs> like, that was Jen after she came back from her last vacation. I mean, like, we can relate to this stuff. I mean, but that's... that's... Actually, I had to say that that was that voice of, uh, of, J- of Ramus's father was definitely Ryan's voice in my head. Why do do stuff like that? Chi? Hello. Yeah. How are you? Fine. Say, what do you think about? <laughs> well, it's so bad too because yeah, I have this yeah, I have this like mentality about me now where I'm like I need to get everyone together for a moment. And there's dogs in here now. This is good. and it's it's Padfoot, and it's like you know I have to like get everyone together. Am I in trouble? No, you're not in trouble. Can you just come from it? I, okay, okay. Gee, I need you too. Am I in trouble? No. Why does everyone think they're in trouble? I don't know. I have. But I do love the photo at the end. One pair of glasses formerly belonging to James Potter, an unfortunate casualty of the Battle of Flooded Basements. But it's all like, like twisted, like practically inside out. Yeah, it's like, what the hell happened yeah. to these things? It's no. Like, what did you guys think of the tackle? Like how I didn't understand the logistics of the tackle. I had to read the tackle five times because I, I got it. <laughs> Here's the thing. I, and this is something interesting about their writing style. Their writing style is very cryptic because I'm not always clear who's speaking and I'm not always clear like they don't do um description very I'm not gonna say they don't do it very well. They don't do it they don't do description. I mean there's not oh, yeah. there's not a lot of, there's a lot about the characters, but there's not like where people are standing and logistics. There's not a lot uh-huh. of that in here. Like like for a while I had I thought they flew the bike into Remus's bedroom. I mean, there was a, like I even sent Jen like part of one chapter. I'm like, what the hell just happened to you? Like, I, like I wasn't. Following. I was like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's like, like all I like I have to read this to you because seriously, like someone needs to explain to me what the hell just happened here. Let me find it. It's, <laughs> all right. Wait, I think I have. Look at our IM box. Silence as we wait. <laughs> uh, well, while we're waiting on this, what did you guys? How, I think well, I have to bring this up because I think it's so hilarious. Um, the monsieur, like the letter, the addressing, and the closing lines. Oh, my god! That gosh. is, and how they just continue to get longer and longer. Yeah. <laughs> One thing I, I like about this. it. Oh, oh go sorry, on. go. You can go. That's right. Okay. I was just going to say, like, for example, Remus J. Lupin and his cheese sandwich with the good <laughs> mustard. Like, 
I, I just how he described that sandwich. I was hungry. They, I was there's like, a lot of sandwich description throughout this whole thing. They really, really <laughs> eat into their sandwiches. Remus uses cheese as a defense mechanism. I find. And yet it's interesting. Like right. we tell, read right. hours about a sandwich. Tell me how. The, someone tell me how this is working here. Um, Sirius tackles him violently. Okay, it's a good tackle, a proper flying tackle, as one might execute in a particularly nasty match if one isn't being carded for the rest of one's natural life. And Rima says, "Oof!" As Sirius smacks into his stomach and barrels him over, James by the window is laughing. Okay, so now we have Sirius on top of Remus, James standing laughing. Okay, but Remus struggles. Uptight to get onto his elbows, but Sirius headbutts him as gently as possible and knocks him to the floor again. Okay, so now we have Sirius straddling Remus, which Mike, that should have been a hint. Um, <laughs> I just thought they were roughhousing. Okay. I missed you, Sirius says, nuzzling Remus's neck like a dog. Well, everything about Sirius seems like a dog. The way he tackles him, the way he pounces, the way he headbutts, he just seems like a big, overgrown dog. This is a way of loving someone that he knows, something physical, basic, at home in any form. Get off, Remus yelps. Get off me. You're all wet and hay, blah, 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 blah. That was definitely inappropriate touching. Get out of there, Sirius. James, get him off me. (laughs) Just saying, man. All right. Um, pushing against Sirius's arms with his hands. So we have Sirius on top of Remus at this point. Uh, he growls a little in the back of his... Okay. He growls just a little in the back of his throat, but, unco- but comfortable, unhungry, and scrapes his teeth along the delicate skin of Remus's throat. <laughs> I'm just throwing this out here, Mike. This isn't actually what I'm going for. Okay. With hindsight, I see what you're saying. James, James, help. Right, James draws and saunters over to the parry. Oh, I missed that line. And sits on Remus's head. That was helpful to me. I apologize. Okay, I'm glad we went through this. That's fine. I missed the line where he sat on his head. So I'm reading this. And I've read this like three times. I kept missing that line. So I'm like, okay, he's straddling him. Okay, okay. And now he has to bite James in the ass because he's having difficulty breathing. And I'm like, why would he bite James in the ass? And then James yells, he bit me, in an expression of glorious disbelief. And I thought to myself, I would be concerned too if someone in the room would be to get my ass. And I have to ask this. If you sit on somebody's mouth, <laughs> Don't be surprised if you get bitten in the ass. I'm sorry. If you shove your ass somewhere, you should not be concerned if trauma comes to said ass. It's, I don't know. I'll remember that for the future. You will? Okay. I'm glad I was able to influence your weekend in a meaningful way. I'm glad. Okay. But, the, okay. So, you know, you know why I think I missed that, some of that stuff, too? What's that? Because so much of this story... I found really realistic their interaction, like the ghost stories. I've done, I've in fact, I even told the ghost story Peter told, the liver. I told the dog story. I forget who told that, but I've told the dog story. Yeah, and, and, you know, like, I just kind of pictured in my head, like, oh, it's just them roughhousing again, and, you know, they're just doing kind of, like, 13-year-old guy sort of stuff. Well, they're 16, I that was, I think. Only they're, only they're 16, yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. you really need to spend more time in the restricted section, because then you would have totally <laughs> seen that coming mile and a half. Oh, we God. need to go get bleach for your brain. You know what it was, too? I, we, ju- we, we just, everyone, I don't know when this is coming out in the order, but we've just recorded the Prisoner of Azkaban um, commentary track. Thank you, Leiji. The commentary track, and, we, and we, we were in our kind of restricted section 
moods Mood. when we when we when we review that. So you know, for example, the first scene, Harry playing with his wand under the covers. I mean, there was a lot. Like there was like we were in that mindset. So now oh, when I'm here, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, okay, th- th- these like I just love the descriptions, and it's like you know the part where you know Remus reminds Sirius that he shouldn't wank off in public. I'm like. That's good advice. I mean, like, it's like, you know, he, but it's like, I, I don't know. I just, there, there's so, you're right though, Mike. I mean, there's so much in here that's just, honest. now I have to, t- I, we're jumping all around and I can't help it. Can we please just for a moment talk about Halloween night and James and Sirius's costumes? <laughs> I, love- I know, I know that she said that the the first chapter was the one that made her know that she was going to love it and finish it. This was the chapter that made me know that I was going to love it and finish I, it. I am a huge McGonagall fan. I see McGonagall as an old softy. I love, I love, you know, McGonagall. Yeah, I, love the, 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 the I, flirting I also- between her and Sirius is priceless. Yep. I love the, the, the flirtatiousness that goes on between the two of them. I think it's wonderful. Yeah, I mean... And, and, McGonagall likes it too. I get that impression throughout the whole thing. Well, it's like she doesn't know how to react because I don't think she's really come across the problem before of her being, you know, just like like a like an object of sexual lust amongst her students. <laughs> so I don't think she really knows how to react to that. And it's great because like so many stories write Dumbledore off as, you know, wise old asexual man, you know, who doesn't respond like a human being. He responds almost like, you know, the Wizard of Oz kind of. And yeah. um which is interesting considering he's probably you know considering you know, that his sexuality apparently was something we all missed. But um, it, it was just so interesting because I love the way he was, re- like, it was just the way he was playing off McGonagall. It's like they're walking arm in arm. And, and, and I love the interaction just between Sirius and James where it's like Sirius rubs the bridge of his nose and that means, oh God, please don't do this, please don't do this, please don't do this, please don't do this. It's like they have, they have the, and just between, like, it, it's like a baseball game when they're, like, sending signals. It's like scratching his head. You're going to do it, aren't you, you bastard? You're going to do it. You're going to. And it's just like, and it's like, I, and just like going through it. And I, and I love the part where, where, um, where Dumbledore is even like Minerva, this is amazing. It's like you're being propositioned by your twin. Like it's just, like, <laughs> and it's just like he's playing along with it. And I I love the fact that Dumbledore gets to be human and gets to ha- joke and just gets to be funny and make fun of someone. I thought that was somewhat refreshing and nothing. That's, per- why, that's why I thought he's interested in women too because he's flirting with uh, McGonagall. McGonagall, how do you say her name? McGonagall, but. McGonagall, yeah. Well, I, I don't think he, I don't think he really wanted her though, and I think that's the difference. <laughs> yeah, that's probably the difference. Well, what no. I thought funny was, especially in reference to McGonagall, is Ravis's recounting of Sirius as to pee or not to pee. Oh my <laughs> god, I was having fits. What was the was line like, about I... McGonagall? What was the line about McGonagall in there? It was um. um... I can look at it. I'll pull it up. But one thing, though, McGonagall is deputy headmistress did remind me very much of Jen when she took 12 million points from (laughs) (laughs) Jen does that. I'll give anybody who says they love me a million points. No, Jen gave a million million points to all of the houses one day. And I'm like, don't do it. I'm going to have appeals (laughs) at the freaking... (laughs) The forum will explode. You're my hero, Jen. Million points. I can't help it. I can't. I think that the point system should be like lots more zeros. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> just on principle. <laughs> if Jen were running our, in our U.S. monetary policy, we'd all be making $800 million a year. The problem is we couldn't afford to buy anything. I know. Sorry. I can't. <laughs> all I can do is recommend excellent fix to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Jen, that I is love- my sole purpose. I love it when Jen tries to explain to me how busy she is. She's like, Ryan, it's getting serious. I haven't read any fan fictions in a day. <laughs> uh, I, really, I, haven't, I haven't had time to read and like, oh god, I don't even want to admit how long it's been since I've sat and just read. Hours? No, like month. Like a month. Like a whole month. Oh my god. <laughs> it feels better to say it out loud though, doesn't it, Jen? Oh, I ate inside. You know I what this Amy really want to read? What's that? What? Uh, I was telling P.S. for some reason when I was reading this, I really, really wanted to see um, Sirius and Remus their, like, from their point of view, them thinking about Harry, and, like, their interpretation, like, comparing Harry to James. That makes sense. I would like to see that eventually. I was like, I really want to think now that's Sirius and Lupin thinking about Harry. I'm sure there's a couple of them out there. Yeah, I'm sure sure there are. a lot of flash picks out there that'll do that. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you've opened a whole new doors, buddy. (laughs) No, it was great, too, because it was actually, there was an adjective that was actually used, there was a description of them of Sirius and Remus that actually had the word slash in it. I'm like, <laughs> that was fun. You know, it's hard for me to label this as a slash fake, even though now that I've read the end, I know it to be a, what, you know, and I say it with the bunny ears slash. Um, but this really was my introduction to any non heterosexual pairing in the. Well, it's, here's, here's the thing though. It's, it's not starting us off. And maybe I'm wrong on this, but I haven't, gone further than the chapters for tonight. It doesn't start us off saying that, you know, that the, the Remus and Sirius are two gay guys. I mean, you, you have Sirius running around peeing on women all over the place. He's scaring the shit out of birds. <laughs> I mean, it's like my, the sense I get of it is this is something that kind of evolves that neither right. of them sees coming. Mm-hmm. And it's not like, you know, the stories where, you know, the crappy stories you read on, on fanfiction.net where chapter one, Harry and Draco are, you know, randomly homosexual and they weren't last book. It's, you know I mean? It's like, it, it brings you to a point between these two characters, which you can definitely get away with, with the Marauders. Cause we don't know anything about them. They're, you know, they're like the history. It's, oh, you remind me so much of Lily. Oh, you remind me so much of James. Well, it's great. We never met them. The story wasn't about yeah, them. Yeah. So thanks it's, a lot being useless. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, what's interesting is like, I think that the, especially the further along we go, um, their journeys to accept this are very interesting. Because I think that the fall, the fallacy of a lot of slash fix is that they have, um, two. Well, they lose characterization. Right. It's, when they have two teenage boys, you know, that are growing up in a society in Britain, that is not necessarily accepting, especially considering it's a wizarding society, and they're perfectly okay with being gay, and, you know, they, you know, they don't have any issues with it, and blah, 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 and all this stuff, and I would think that that would be a harder, you know, well, that I would like be that these yeah, characters I don't. don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah, it's like they don't even seem to know, there's no concrete reaction from them so far that they even are aware of this. Like, obviously, like, we're making fun of Mike, but, I mean, I walk, I started reading this tonight expecting it. I mean, I would have picked up on it, certainly, but there's not, 
it, it, it doesn't hit you over the head with it. I mean, one of the amazing things about it's these... It's very subtle. Yeah, one of the amazing things about these chapters that shows is um, the, the one storyline which really uh, meant a lot to me was um, it, the notes that go back and forth in Chapter 3 where... Um, Sir- I wasn't clear on where the, where the, where the chain began, but Sirius at one point became aware of the fact that Snape toothered Lupin. And I couldn't tell where those notes came from, if that was something that he had found the notes. Or... What did y'all think about the notes? Let's talk about the handwritten notes a bit. Um, well, my first thing, which is kind of funny, is it se- maybe I'm completely wrong on this. Maybe this is something I was looking for and I just saw. It seemed to me like the notes were written by women. Just like a woman, like a woman's handwriting. So I don't know if they they were. Yeah, no. Well, we you don't know that they could have had <laughs> they could have had a guy over one day and said, "Hey, write this down." I mean, but it seems like 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 it's could, a little too. They're all too loopy. Yeah, you could, upset. They're all too like yeah, like like yeah. Sirius's handwriting didn't match Sirius. I couldn't read. I couldn't read one. I think it was Sirius's Sirius. Literally. Yeah, I, I, I got really frustrated with Sirius's handwriting sometimes there because I had to struggle to read it. Yeah. It's, well, what's it's, really funny is like every guy I know writes like, like in all caps or in really very blocky print. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Is there that much difference between boy and girl handwriting? I mean, or is there just people? Yeah, Jen, you write like the queen. Like, I've gotten letters from you. And, and you, you have a very regal handwriting you, you I, yes okay. yes like wow. you, you seem wow. like you supreme, should be like a supreme court justice like you have like the, <laughs> wow like but like yeah it's like like i'll like ju- like i'll write something like the, the worst was my father my father was an english teacher before he was a lawyer and he would proofread all of my papers and i would type up my papers and hand them to him and he would mark them up for me it would take me hours to figure out what the hell he wrote on these papers like it's <laughs> like it's like guys just naturally have a messier writing style. The one writing style that really did seem perfect was Peter Pettigrew. Peter, because it sounded <laughs> yes. like he, it sounded like he was wearing a hockey helmet in every one of his. Yes. Notes. What was the thing about his socks? It's just randomly in the middle of a. Oh, I have new it's socks. Like, on. He just <laughs> wanted to be part of the conversation. He saw the other three were passing notes, so he just thought of something to say. And I love the way it's Yes, and I love the way he describes it too. They describe it too. It's like you know, like Sirius slips the note to Remus, and you know, Peter slips the note to Sirius, and yeah. Uh, and, 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 I'm sorry, I'm I'm doing it again. James slips the note to, to Sirius, and all of a sudden Peter, like you know, gets up and like throws the. Cross. <laughs> it's like he's so stupid with it, and it's like they're everyone's catching on. <laughs> yeah. And it like, like, although one thing I didn't get now, how is it possible that Sirius threw a note to Remus and it ended up in Remus's underwear? <laughs> I you know, I, I'm not clear on the logistics. No, there's a lot about underwear and being naked in the story. Yeah, that's what I find it appealing. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All eyes back. To- is back towards Mike again. You know, but um, yeah, it's like, yeah, I'm like, hold well, it on. takes you back to a time like in this. I think it's really pushing that late '60s, '70s time period where it's very hippie-ish and like people did well. Harry, I'm as a 24 year old. Hold on, hold on, Melinda. Anything you want to tell us? I had the impression that the one in the underwear was actually because these notes. It isn't all during one class. The fight later builds up during a class, but that it was out of his underwear drawer is where he found this note. Yeah. Oh, I thought yeah. it was he threw. Yeah, some of them were just, like, I think randomly 
Yeah, but, they were like, in the just... they were in the drawer. But there was a wasn't there a part though where it was actually I'm talking about the fight that that they have about Snape where yeah. they're they're throwing the notes back and forth and it's like serious balls a note up and throws the premise and it ends up like in his under like maybe I misread that maybe it was talking about the underwear drawer I just I'm just reading this I'm like what <laughs> that doesn't seem like that should be possible I don't know but. <laughs> That, that confuses me, but but yeah, but you have just to get back. You have that scene then when you have and, and Melinda. We'll get to you and you know the seventies and the underwear question in a minute. But you know you have um, <laughs> just kidding. But you have you know you have Snape and and Remus you know having this interaction, and you really and Remus' self esteem is so low that it's he even says you know Snape doesn't. I don't hate Snape. Snape hates me. And it's, it, it, you can tell that Remus just thinks nothing of himself and he's profusely thanking Snape for even taking the time to speak to him. And you, you, you can tell he has, he has no regard for himself. And then you read, and we haven't gone to Sirius's reaction yet, but you read in his journal later that he doesn't think that Snape is that bad, but he turns against Snape because Sirius did. And he wants to fit in. And he was afraid he wouldn't fit in, and, and, and that is, and he's so impressionable that I know that, you know, Sirius will read this journal and come away with, you know, realizing how much power he has over Lupin, which what? isn't something that you, like, when you go back to the first chapter and when you go through the letters, they seem to evenly match for each other. So it's, I'm interested to see where it goes in, 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 in you know, the future chapters where it, that's not going to be the case so much. Uh, yeah, I think. Go. I was going to change the topic slightly, so if you want to, well, I'm no, just going to ask. Out, out of curiosity, do we know, like, has uh, J.K. Rowling put out the like the full list of uh, Gryffindors from that year? Because I always wonder, are there any other guy Gryffindors? Because if they yeah, are, no. they must feel pretty isolated. There are other girls. But, I'm inclined to think that they that were the only out. ones. Because it would be weird if there was like one other and they're not. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, that's Marty. We hate him. Like it's like, <laughs> it's like one of the because Joe even there was a thing where they asked um, because in Hermione's year it's Hermione, Parvati, um, Lavender. Lavender. Lavender, and there should be how many guys there, are in there? This are there four guys? Five. five? No, there's, there's some. Five. There's someone else. There's Hermione, Lavender, Parvati. No, there isn't. That was the no, thing. No, there's, there's two more. That's it. That's it. There's two more, and they kept and Melissa Nelly kept asking Joe Rowling, "Who were the other two? And she's like, "Oh, I'm sorry, I have their names. I'll bring them to the thing later." And they get to and the she thing never later. Did. Yeah, Melissa, and yeah. Melissa's like, "Oh, I left them on the thing," and I'm like, "There's no people. You didn't plan ahead." I think the the reason people thought there were more is something to do with the Boggart scene, where they were all fighting the Boggart. There's too many Boggarts from for the one. Once we know, do you get what I mean? Well, I think it was also because she or she always messes up when it comes to her numbers, and the number of people she said was at Hogwarts didn't match if there was only, right? You yeah. know, eight to ten people per year per class. Well, yeah, it's, it's also, supposed to be ten in the Gryffindor class because every time they pair up with different classes, yeah. it's like you know, twenty pairs of earmuffs for them and Hufflepuff, twenty this for them and Slytherin. Right. Yeah, I've go- I've gone with the like the around five, like, yeah. when I was making up people for a fic. Well, that's the thing, too, because if you have a thousand people in the school and you have four classes in seven years, you've got, you know, like, you've got, like, you know, 30, yeah. you know, Gryffindor 50-year boys. It's like, you know, it's like when you break it down by that, it's, 
the school, and that's okay. something which I, you know what, Joe didn't care. That wasn't the story she was writing. She's like, oh yeah, this is where the girls are. I'll bring their names later. It's like What's <laughs> interesting is that uh, I mean, she's just not that. Ty- she first of all, she I'm sure she could never foresee a, a possible universe where people were going to be caring how many people were in the. No, there's or, no way you to know, prepare for the nitpickiness that that yeah, that yeah exactly. Unless you're J.R.R. Tolkien, whose level of analness is rivals beyond comprehension, rivals my own. It's, and even hit, even hit, even his universe has massive contradictions within like itself. Like what? I I think oh, that God. people are oh, go back and read the Cimmerillion, and then read. Um, I've read it. The, and then go read his like personal notes. Like there's like if you're taking everything that J.R.R. Tolkien wrote as canon for that universe, there's massive. <laughs> massive contradictions, especially his early stage planning and then like when he was getting ready to die. But we're not talking about Lord of the Rings. We're talking about Harry Potter. <laughs> um, so <laughs> I think, you know, people in general are too harsh on JK Rowling about, you know, like I was talking to Jen too and she's like, oh, I just can't understand why she won't, you know, we were not really sure when Rose was born and when Hugo was born and, you know, how, how, what order the kids go in, and could Jenny and Hermione have been pregnant at the same time? And I'm like, I'm sure J.K. Rowling doesn't give a flying flip. Just write whatever you want to write. <laughs> now you get to, now you get to answer that yourself in your fix. She didn't box you in because if she boxed exactly. you in, they would have been screaming. But exactly. can I just tell you? Something? I'd rather not know than get boxed in. Can I tell you something that would have been great? I want to see the scene in the fan fiction now. I want to see a scene where somehow Ron is able to make it into the girls' dorm. Okay, somehow he's able to get past the sexual tension, chastity alarm system. And he's able to get in there, and he's having this, and he's having this like you know blowout fight with Hermione, and they're screaming, and they're and, you know you know things are lamp. It's like when Hillary Clinton tried to beat Bill up with the lamp. It's like the lamps are flying, and all of a sudden. You know, and Ron, you know, charges out of the room, and, and, and you know, Hermione is standing there, and Hermione just wants to strangle someone. And like, she sits in her bed, and she looks across the room at these two other girls sitting on the other two far bunks, and she's like, "Who are you?" Like, it's like because these are the two people who have supposedly lived with Hermione and guided her and molded her all these years. And it's like, who the hell are you? Oh, we don't even have names. It's, it's like, I don't know. Like, I just think that'd be very funny. So please write that. That'd be nice. But um. Okay, are we back to the shoebox project now? <laughs> that was the one about the, the box with the the notes. Okay, but yeah, okay. it's like seriously, think about that. Think how impressionable Remus, Remus is. is. Yeah, and it's like, in I think that comes. It's like what we were saying before. That comes across very well when you're reading notes because, or when you're reading a journal because it's like September sixth. Nobody likes me. I have no friends. September seventh. This is the best day of my life. Everybody loves me. I have so many. It's like you can really yeah. draw a contrast, especially, and you can tell very clearly that it was Sirius was the one that changed things for him and so forth. Yeah, it's kind of an unbalanced relationship. I mean, it, there's an event that's going to take place that's going to shift the balance. But yeah. right now, but right now, um, and this is it's after, very and this serious. Is, says jump, and Remus asks how high. Before, I mean, because, is, you know... Is this... I just want to point out This is after the incident with Snape. This is the year after. The, the Snape's worst memory? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. that's referenced. But, but the... But this the, is written... The werewolf written thing before we happened. have that, isn't it? No, this is written... This is from between five and six. Yeah. So the sixth year event where Snape almost dies. That's wait, no, wait, wait, wait. 2004. 2004, two, 2003 was order. 
No, my question is, okay, this is between book five and book six. Not yes, fifth that's six when years. it came out. So, the, so <laughs> as we're reading this, Snape has almost died. That's already happened. No. No, I thought that was referenced in here because there was a point in chapter one, I can find it, where... Prisoner of Azkaban is when we find out that Snape almost died in the Whomping Willow. Right. No, they have that in information. The, in, the no. in the thick, it hasn't happened yet because it happens in the thick. In the thick. Yeah, no, it I happens thought, in the thick. No, I thought that... Okay, what am I thinking of? Because wasn't there a line when when um when Remus is thinking in his head, like a list of all the different times that um Sirius had almost killed him? And he's like, but there's that one thing that he always leaves off the list. I yeah, I was thinking the same thing as Ryan. But okay, but that so that's in reference to something else, though. That's, I, that's in reference to something else, which I don't the, know about. The yet. event, yeah, you don't know that yet. Okay. The event okay. that ha- the Snape almost dying in the Whomping Willow is what's going to shift the balance of that relationship and really starts to make the fic interesting. But that doesn't happen until like. Don't tell me when. But later on in the fic. But that's okay. That's really good then. That's really good writing because for for me. I'm thinking that Harry's a fifth year when he learns that something crappy his father did. So to keep it as a really, you know, exact literary style, you could have, you know, fifth year James and fifth year Harry. No, sixth year is the, sixth year is the, I thought that shifts everything. Yeah, I was thinking the exact same thing. I thought that already happened and, and, you know, Remus is just extremely forgiving. Okay. No, no, because it's canon that it happens in the sixth year. Okay. I I forgot that. Okay. Canon shamanic. Yeah, it's just fan fiction. It's not like basing it off of anything. Melinda, yeah. I just wanted to um, frighten you there. Sorry. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, right now it is a very unbalanced relationship. And I think, you know, as, as things start to shift, they all really do. This is like another love actually or goodwill hunting type of story where the events necessarily aren't so as interesting as the characters yeah. and the journeys that they take. The people that they become because of the events that happen. Now, I want to I want to ask you this though: How much of Sirius's, you know, when he was in Azkaban for thirteen years and he was trying to hang on to any good memory that he had of the past, how much do you think he clung to the memory of absolutely making out with Minerva McGonagall? <laughs> do you think that was something that brought him joy oh, and, and like kept I'm him sure. warm in the winter months? I'm sure, I'm sure. I don't know. I mean, I think in that in that kind of circumstance, I would think that those kind of memories would just break a person more. I think it's Sirius's spirit is kind of what kept him going. You don't think it was the memory of making out with Minerva McGonagall? You don't think that gave him that? Well, extra maybe to get him through. It the was maybe. Dog. Like I think he says that he kept transforming and then the Dementors didn't affect him. Well, let's talk about the transforming. Oh, yeah, were they... Oh, because there's a lot, there's a really good um, chapter Yeah, I want to talk another chance to make the Because, well, (laughs) yes, it does talk about the naked, but I think this is the first story or one of... Sorry. This is the first story that I think that I found that they kind of explain the process of being an Animagus. Mm -hmm. And... They give it background and depth and like it, it's understandable rather than, oh, they're magically an animal and there they go. And like it explained the issue of clothes and it explained mm-hmm. kind of the attitude and feeling of how your conscious is as an animal. Yeah. And I yeah, like I, that. I never, I never pictured it like that. Like I always right. pictured like I always pictured that they could take their clothes with them and that they had their own mind, that they didn't have this like animal mind. But mm-hmm. it makes sense when I was reading it. But in canon, they do take their clothes with them. Yeah, yeah, I was, yeah, I'm pretty sure they do because like it doesn't say that. I mean, do seriously. They? Well, 
JKR can't have them all comfortable with their nakedness. <laughs> Except <laughs> Remus. Remus seems to be the only one that is at all bothered by the fact that he doesn't have clothes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think no, Minerva is, would, would a, show uh, her students her animal form if she couldn't take her yeah, clothes. Yeah, we oh, that's, that's a good point. That is a good point. And Peter, too. Good we saw Wormtail changing back and forth, and, and there was yeah. no wish of, of clothing. Although in the movie, they decided the to do it both ways. <laughs> in the movie, they decided to do it both ways. They and then they never that, explained why in Goblet of Fire he shows up naked <laughs> with baby Voldemort. <laughs> That's true too, and I'm just I'm just very amused in 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 Goblet of the Fire. Like, can you imagine Voldemort being brought back, and all you have in front of you is Peter Pettigrew naked? Like, <laughs> he wouldn't want to go back. Wormtail. Peter <laughs> saved pets. the world. Yeah, I thought that was great. I mean, yeah, I mean that's, and I love the part too where it's like where Remus comes back and he's like. Where are your pants? It's like yeah. <laughs> it's like problems that you have today to think about. Yeah. Focus on the pants. I love that. I love that line. I long for pants. No, that reminds me. If we have the, I'm breaking you know house rules here, but we have this great game in the Hufflepuff common room where it's like take a line out, like you know, change like a keyword of your favorite fan fiction to like pants. Like there's a scene from. Um, Barb's Psychic Serpent trilogy where Harry's in an alternate universe and, you know, the Muggles, the Muggleborns never came to Hogwarts and Voldemort never fell and he has to do this massive thing to change the timeline back. And there's this great line where he's like, and he needed someone who didn't know she was a witch and, and you know, had no idea, you know, that of, of, you know, who he was and of, you know, the magical world or of anything that happened and had no idea how important she was or how brilliant she was, but whatever he did, he desperately needed to find Hermione Granger. And I changed that line in the game to, he desperately needed to find pants. And it just seemed, and it just seemed Can like. Can we steal that game? Go for it. I stole a Gryffindor one, so I feel as though I should pass this to Slytherin. But it's like, I really feel like, you know, that's the, um, that's like the simple well, line. What's even I, funnier about it is because in, in, in Brit speak, pants is underwear. It's not. Yeah, I noticed class. that. Yeah. I, mean, I noticed some other Brit Brit speak mistakes. So I don't know if they meant underwear, if they're in, or if they meant pants, the because they I, also say trousers. So I'm thinking if they're, they're saying my, trousers, they're from my school of of thought with Britishisms, because they're not. There are very few of us out there, and we get picked on all the time. But yeah, I hope they're from my school of thought because. Tell us your school of thought. Yeah. What's your school of thought. <clears throat> well, here's my. She's like, please, some, please, God, someone ask me. Please, God, someone ask me. <laughs> no, no, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that there's like three of us in the world. Um, and I think I had a beta reader that was one of them. The, the problem with fan fiction sometimes is like you're trying to borrow somebody else's voice. Finding an original voice in fan fiction is hard. And it's even harder when you're going to force me to write a dialogue that is not my own. So if you read something that I've written and you have talked to me, you should be able to hear my voice telling you the story. That's my thought process. Mm -hmm. So um, if you force me to, to speak, you know, quote unquote, in a way that is not natural to me, it disrupts the flow of the story. Because it doesn't sound like it's coming from me. It sounds like it's coming from me trying to sound like I'm, British, but I'm really from Kansas and I've never been to Britain, so I have no idea. Like, my characters talk like they're from Britain. They say blimey and bloody and whatever else, well, there, because <laughs> they really are British. Oh, I, but I the narration, yes, the narration tends to be American. 
I wonder and, if and I get for American. I get a lot of criticism for that. That I don't care. <laughs> I, I I I get what you mean. I'm more. I I always if if there's a, like a Britishism or even I mean I write the all I write is past fix. So it's all also like what do you call it like old fashionedism. Okay. And I feel as though we're not introducing our guest host well. For those of you out there craving that Horace Slughorn slash Becky, you need to contact immediately. We haven't actually introduced the authors either. We can do, oh, they're fine. They know who everyone, oh, yeah, we can do that. Yeah. Well, anyway, well, I just, I'm, I was just saying I'm more cautious about the dialogue, like having something that's wrong in the dialogue than I am that having something that's not Anach- British or Anachron- not. Right, be crazy. Right. There are a few anachronisms in I, oh my god, I had such a terrible, <laughs> I, I had to, the, my Halloween fic, it mm-hmm. had the worst anachronism in it, and I'm so scared, and I was like, assaulting Dan, and I was like, please let me change this one word, because everyone is gonna laugh at me. <laughs> what was it? It was, okay, do you, um, he was reading a book by Balzac. It used to be Camus. And Camus was not, well, Camus wrote in the 50s. Yeah. And this proves that I'm an idiot. <laughs> oh, I think we can let that one go. I don't think that's that. I think and this also proves that I'm really anal. But <laughs> oh, we're going to get along at just least fine. You're better than, at least you're better than Ryan. Gee. Yes, Ryan. I know it's a one shot. <laughs> But can you please change the link from Melinda Leo's um, centrifugal force to chapter one, please? Well, no, because I, no, I have an excuse that Lady G has offered to take over the Parfic Week library update duties for me because people send me fix and then they have kids and then their kids are born and then they have kids and then the library still isn't updated. So she has offered to take that over for me. And my reaction is like, is, is Remus reads his book with serious, like, you know, with his head on his shoulder, you know, giving commentary in his right ear. I am sitting over Chi's shoulder saying, Oh, you decided to update it that way. That was an interesting choice. Now, what made you think that was a good idea? Now, because I'm curious. And, and she's like, well, I thought I'd do it this way. Oh, that, that's nice. Now, when are you going to change it to the right way? <laughs> and it's like, like, it's like poor Lady G. So it's like, it, yeah, I don't know. Oh, love you, too. Right. I love you, too. <laughs> it's a good thing we do or you would not be. <laughs> I love you, too, or else I would kill you. Actually, I, just, I want a shirt that says that. Potterfic Weekly is a good thing we're all friends or I'd kill you. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, um... Back to work. But, oh, yeah, Jen, about, would you like to introduce the authors? <laughs> yeah. Yes, I would. The authors of this marvelous fake are Lady Jada and Dor... Ugh. Are Lady Jada... <laughs> oh, my God! Lady Jada and Dorkerific, or better known as Jada and Rave. Yes. <coughs> they're lovely people. They are every lovely. Time every time I've interacted with them, it's been a positive experience. And... Know that she is the only one who has. <laughs> oh, I'm but sorry. My broken, broken heart. You met Aspen. Be satisfied. Okay, fine. Yeah, yeah. You were you interacted with Aspen, and Ryan was Melinda's contact, and Ryan got to deal with this. Gen- what? Yeah, I'm so. the one that introduced you to Shoebox. Why do you get dibs on it? <laughs> I'm a little. I just sent Melinda an email saying you made me make a really loud noise and wake people up at the campground. I hope you're happy with yourself. I mean, that was... <laughs> I, uh, well, when I emailed them, I was like, 
I'm Lady Chi. I help run this website, blah, 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 blah. Y- you know, sometimes it's different, like, I don't know. Did you call yourself Lady Chi in the email? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's my name. Well, I mean, sort even of. if, like, I don't know, it seems kind of third person with a, with a title stuck on. I would have gone, like, I'm Chi. Well, no. not, I'm Lady Well, her, Lady her name is Lady Chi. Yeah, it's one whole. It's one whole uh, word. There's not a space. Her boyfriend is Lord Chi. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, mine is James Potter. That's oh, wait, what I call him on my live journal, because I'm not entirely comfortable with being like, my boyfriend, insert name here. I was looking at Danielle the other day. I'm like, I need, I need a wacky nickname for you. Like, we have nicknames for each other, but I need, like, a like a designation. You do? Yeah. <laughs> And I'm I looking need to at, know. I need a name for her, and I've narrowed it. Da- I've narrowed <laughs> it down to the, uh-huh. you have the classic ball and chain, which I feel is overdone. <laughs> but, but my runner-up is that'll get you points. Yeah, that will get me points. But my runner-up is she who must be obeyed. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. I bet she'd like that one better. <laughs> I love Danielle, she's and he's so learning fun. so quickly. He's not even married yet. I know she's got him trained. I know. <laughs> I'm still working not, on it. Not really, though. It's like, this is like my voluntary give now. <laughs> <laughs> Take later. Okay. Yeah. I was complaining to, to Danielle about Ryan the other day. I was like, Danielle! <laughs> like, I was like, uh, Ryan said hey to me. I said, how are you? It's been 45 minutes and he hasn't responded. <laughs> and I was Next, like, you know, Ryan's like, hi, hi, Chi, hi. Exactly. hi. <laughs> no, no, what did I say to you? I can't even remember. What, that, what was my like, response? He goes, I'm sorry, I haven't been talking to you. <laughs> I'm fine, how are you? Well, I have, I have, 40, I have 47 different messages. Somebody got in trouble. Oh, shut <laughs> your mouth. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Danielle. It was just, it was I love Danielle. Me too. Seriously. I owe that girl, like, a bottle of wine or something. <laughs> cool. It's hers, mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which one? Okay, oh, can I just, oh, can I just yeah, point I'll... out, like, I know, we, we, she, you can obviously cut around this if you want to. Garrett is back. Yay! Garrett is That's back. That's a thing. Where is That's Mac? I have been poking Mac on Facebook for a week, and I have to just tell you, I'm like, don't draw too deeply into that. Like, don't turn the radar up too much. But, um, the thing with the thing with Facebook, I was telling Jen this, like, I can't do Facebook. It's the most complicated, like, draining experience of my life. It's like, like, like it's it's so it's like I go like, okay, this is me. I go on Facebook, and I have five new people who want to be my friends. So I'm like, okay. That's nice. Let me go tell them it's okay for me to be their friend. So I click on, I accept you to be my friend. Then it pops up. How have you guys met? Please check all boxes that apply. And I'm thinking I have to do five of these. All right. And now people have sent me, you know, please join my saved koala bear group. Okay. I'd love to join your koala bear group. Thank you so much for asking me. And then it's like, why do you like koala bears? I'm like, I don't. My friend asked me, I don't want them to die. It doesn't mean I have a thing for them. And it's like, it's, it's like so complicated. And it's like, then you have to leave. And like, I look at it and like people I know very well who I know do other things and have husbands and lives like it's like saying like all the updates they've made in the past four hours and i haven't been on in seven weeks so i'm really very intimidated by facebook i just created a facebook just like a week ago. oh we have to be friends it, lady she's the only one here i think who's my friend oh that's sad yeah. 
I didn't know you had one. (laughs) (laughs) In fairness, you created it four hours ago. I mean, Mike Mike is a good friend of mine. Mike um, will, like, I will foist things off on Mike and be like, Mike, read this. And then three hours later, I get, that was very interesting, Chi. Good, that's all I needed to know. (laughs) I like that. He's like Gary Chi. That's nice. That's what we do with you. And now you have one. That's nice. (laughs) It is nice. Mike is like my like, personal self-esteem booster. <laughs> he makes awesome. me feel good about myself. That's what Atai is for for me. <laughs> like, Atai is a funny guy. He is. He sent me a... I sent him the first 120 pages of the novel that I'm going to send off to agents in December. This is December. Shit. January. And <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, try to get published. And he sends me text messages all the time. G. I still only have 120 pages. <laughs> he's just like, I'm like, that's all I have. And he's like, that is not acceptable. <laughs> like, oh, can I give you my notes on that now, Chi? I took like five pages of notes for you. Certainly, you can send them to me. And I know there's like massive typos in there. Just, yeah, ignore it. Lady but... Chi, a comma. It is used to separate <laughs> ideas and thoughts. I have comma diarrhea. I overuse commas. Oh, Chi, thank you for that. that I... <laughs> No, I have I have a real honest to goodness problem. I love commas. Why well, do? Because too. yeah, I know. Well, I'm a, I'm in graduate school, and in PS, I know you probably do this too. When you're writing a paper, and it has to be eight pages, and you have seven and a half, and you just don't have anything else that you want to say about this particular wonderful topic, you go back and you add the word very, the word that. In every possible comma you can possibly get in there until you fill half of a page. Uh, I, I don't write papers. They fail me. And Japanese is the best language for wasting space in. Really? <laughs> yes. There are so many like little words that don't mean anything that you can just add little mm-hmm. particles and stuff. I take it you write Japanese though. Yes. Or well, that and was... it just it just makes it longer. I like. I've that. mastered the art of writing about nothing. Like I don't know if you guys know what my uh, thesis is. But it's literally the definition of frugality. And I have to write like 50, 60 pages on that. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm just going to say this. I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I just need to share this. Like, I, I gave Mike a new TV show to watch. So Mike is watching it and he's sending me his ideas. And it's like you'll have the little, like I use iChat on my Mac. And you'll have the little window up in the corner. And for some people, I, f- I don't know if it depends on whatever program you're using. Like, if Chi is typing to me, the little thought bubble will come up with the dot, dot, dot in it, and Chi will type me something. Now, when when Mike types to me, I get the little thought bubble, and I go and get some juice, come back, get the thought bubble still going on there. All right. So I, I throw a movie in and watch a movie. I, I watch the movie. I come back, the thought bubble's still going. I'm like, all right. And, I, you know, I go take a shower, you know, I, I, run to, I run to the store, get some groceries, come back, thought bubble, still going there. And I edit last week's podcast, I, I, I get that going, you know. And, like, I'll, I'll come back and I'll have, like, 14 novels on the thing. And then he's, then the last one's, so what do you think? <laughs> and I'm like, um, hold on, I'm on chapter seven, I'm getting there. <laughs> and it's, what's, it's, what's really but, funny is Ryan does the same thing. I do the same. He'll thing. be like trying to he'll be trying to have a discussion with you, and he'll be he just never stops talking typing. Like he just goes da 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 enter da 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 enter. He makes like five different points. Oh, I and do. He's like, I try and, and intimidate like, you. I try and shut and you down so you can't. And then he goes, and then he goes, "What do you think?" And then he starts typing again, and I'm like, <laughs> "Ryan, I'm 
trying to make and then, fun. Uh, and then, I send you, then I send you a text message through Skype. I'm like, your aim isn't working properly. I'm not getting your response. <laughs> I'm like, if you would stop long enough for me to talk. I had that problem too. I, I type too much too fast. Like I just spew out instant messages. And my yeah. aim crashes. I'm like, what? <laughs> my, I'm talking to Mike. Chief, feel free to edit this as much as you want. I'm talking to Mike yeah. yesterday, and I'm and I'm. I forget what he he types, and then he his his aim crashed, and he came back up. He's like, "What's the last message you got from me?" I said to him, "He's like, oh, I sent like 18 messages since then. Hang on, let me go." I'm like, "Okay." I <laughs> cried. Uh, right, I just want to say, just to get back to the story, one part I really loved, and this is something that just reminds me of the Puff War game. This is something I could see us doing. It's the part I'm forgetting when this is even happening. I think are they at the where I, I can't remember. Were they at the Shrieking Shack where Sirius and um in Remus fall like on their backs? They like fall down the stairs or what am I trying to Yeah, think that was Halloween. Is that the full moon or Halloween? Yeah, it's it's I think it's the full moon. Is it the full moon? It, whatever it is, it's they're laying on their they, they fall and they're just laying there. And they're like How how does it feel to be paralyzed? You can't move. Oh. Okay, like that's just something that would happen to me. I don't know that 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 just really jumped out at me because I could actually see myself doing that. Like I like Jen would call me. Um, I think I'm paralyzed. Why do you say that? I've been laying in a ditch for four hours and I can't feel my left leg. <laughs> oh, um, have you called an ambulance? No, you're my one call. What do you think? <laughs> what can I? What can I say? Yeah, yeah. I call Ryan when I'm in a panic too. It's okay. <laughs> Ryan, I think you know it's really? Ryan's my oh. person. <laughs> Ryan's yeah. Jerry Seinfeld. I really That's am. True. I I am the, I am I am just the straight shooter that makes the rest of you crazy people you know look more like you're able to fit into society. I am. I I, I accept that. <laughs> like, it's like I'll get a call from from Chi or from Jen, and I'll like on my end of the line, all you'll hear is "uh huh, uh huh, okay." Now, what I need you to do is I need you to put that down. Uh huh. Okay. <laughs> you put it down. <laughs> I want to hear you putting it. Down. Good. Okay, I heard. That. Okay, I need you to sit down on the hood of the car. Okay. Now, I want you to ask yourself, why did you think that was a good idea? <laughs> it's, 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 <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, uh, yeah, that that's pretty much how it goes with Ryan sometimes and me. Yeah. Ryan, my toilet's overflowing, Chief. Yeah? Check for lotion. <laughs> exactly. Have, have you it's tried like, pleasure? It's like it's it's like <laughs> Ryan Ryan, our crop our crop is dying. What do I do? And all you hear on the other side of the phone is like me in downtown Brooklyn, like, oh my farmer, Bob, what the hell? Is <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Um, I almost just said that you're like no, another. I forgot what sort we were reading. We finished that one. That one was 96 chapters. <laughs> we moved on to the shoebox project. I mean, I don't know. I just, I, I, I really, you know, that was my question. What was the line at the end of, I think it was chapter four, where they're laying there paralyzed and there was, there was a point about, thank God James is a good sleeper or thank God he snore, he doesn't snore. Oh, that's snoring comment. What was that? What was the, I, I, that's the one you didn't get. I didn't get it. And I asked you, and you're like, I don't know. I thought you knew. I don't know. Why would I know? Anyone? P.S.? I'm, I'm looking for it. Okay. It's the yeah, end I'm of, looking too. The Halloween chapter? Yeah, it's the end of chapter four. What did you guys think while we're doing that? What did you think of the Halloween stories? I thought they were... I listened to a lot of, like, horror story podcasts and, like, audio dramas and stuff, so I loved that. I thought that part was yeah, great. I love them. 
Like I said, I've I think I did. I say already that the dog one. I've heard it. I've told it. I love it. You have to love the fact that he had Petunia, like you know, skinned and was yeah. it, like skins and hung up from the tower. I mean, I just that you can tell there's no love lost between uh, Sirius and Toonie. I found the quote. If you want it, what do you got? Um, let me see. I'll start. Uh, da, 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 da. I'll start. I'll read the whole paragraph. Oh. Your Aristotle's Sirius explains. Remus's mouth works for a moment before Sirius starts laughing, low and rumbling and infectious, which means Remus starts laughing too, and then he's gasping for breath, and Sirius is twitching like a beached fish, beached fish, sobbing with laughter. And James and Peter appear at the top of the stairs, rubbing their eyes. With the sound of James yelling, "What the what the hell are you two doing?" Remus with Sirius steadying, Remus with Sirius's steadying hand, what? <laughs> Remus with Sirius's steadying hand. That doesn't make sense. And gulps of laughter against them is glad for once that he isn't as good at pretending to snuff as James. So I'll try that last sentence. I'm trying to read it, but I can't. <laughs> Hold on, let Remus me with Sirius' steadying hand and no, gulps on, of laughter again. Please, let, let's read it. Well, hold on, let, hold on. Let's do this together. <laughs> Everyone, take out your textbooks and turn to chapter four, please. Remus with Sirius' steadying hand and gulps of laughter against him is glad for once that he isn't as good at pretending to snore as James is. I don't. It makes sense that time. You do that much better when you do it. I know, but I don't know what it means. It's a weird sentence. It's a weird sentence, and here's the thing. I will fully admit that I completely missed James sitting on Sirius's... No, on Remus's face. That sounded much worse than it did in my head. Chapter 2? Yeah, that that sounded much worse out loud than it did in my head. In my head, it sounded fine. Out loud, I apologize to the people of the world. Um... Sirius is twitching like a beached fish. James is at the top of the stairs. Because it says James and Peter appear at the top of the stairs. Why and it doesn't he, say they stay on the stairs. Why is he glad for once that he isn't as good at pretending? Well, as because as at the beginning when they were trying to scare Sirius, James pretended that he was asleep the whole time, but Remus couldn't, he didn't snore as well, and, oh. and Sirius knew he was awake. Hence they had the moment. Right. Oh, now I get that. I, for whatever okay. reason, that was like... That was kind of like, you know, Mike missing the whole slash ankle. That was like me being like, (laughs) Okay, one question I have about the whole story in general that kept sort of throwing me out, and I was wondering if it did anybody else, was that there's a lot of muggle references throughout the whole thing. Like in all the music that they listen to and all the books that they read, there's a lot of muggle stuff in there. And I know it kept jarring me every time. That was the one criticism that I had as I was reading. I took it that Remus was a muggle. I'm sorry, Remus was muggle-born. Remus half-blood. Is he? I mean, that's that's canon, and I think that's also in this fic, and I think somewhere there was some reference to him having... Could one of his parents be a muggle? Is is that canon, that he's muggle-born? I don't think it's canon that he's half-blood. We don't know how. We don't know whether it was a parent or a grandparent that was a muggle. Why and is that? Fic, where is where is that in the canon? That he's half blood. She said it in an interview. Okay. It's where we got John from too, okay. as the J standing for John. But um, I know in this fic there was some reference to him having a muggle. I think it was in. Oh, it's oh you haven't read it yet. I mean, it's not like a spoiler or anything. 
I'm just, the reason you don't know what I'm talking about is because it's in the next chapter. Okay. Right, so yeah, I thought that, you know, but there's like a lot of the, my thing that threw me out was the um, the jazz artists. I spent more time trying to figure out which song Ramus was writing out, their series was writing out. Than Were you singing else. it out loud in your, yeah, I was, well, no, it is, I was yeah. listening to, I had just, um, I, we just released the commentary for Chamber and I was just listening to it and I, um, I had just, I was reading this at lunch at work today and I was putting the finishing touches on the commentary and I had just put the, um, the Harry and the Potter song on is the theme music. So I had just listened to that to test it, to make sure it worked. Okay. So I had that song in my head and I'm trying, for whatever reason, when I was reading serious, like that was the no- that was the <laughs> rhythm I had in my head. I'm like, Oh my God, he's referring to the theme music of perfect weekly. This is amazing. And it's like, like I'm like, like a freaking idiot, but like that was, it's really so that, and then, so I'm, I'm humming it to myself like an idiot trying to figure it out and I couldn't do it. I'm like, I had to leave and keep going. Then I, then I'd love Remus. Like you couldn't just tell me the name of the damn song. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. So I, I, I always love it when I can scream with the characters and not at them. <laughs> yes. That's well, good... I think I, I think my eventual conclusion was that it was probably in the mood, but. Because that's the one that's most well known, you know. Yeah. In the moon, da da, we're going hopping, da 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 da. Right. Like, that's what that I'm What? Sing pretty well. What? What? That is the song. What's? Oh, that's the song. What song? That's my that's my ringtone on Jen's cell phone, apparently. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I just that's so funny. That's Jen, so Jen, funny. tell them what you sent to me. The the message you sent to me right before we started. <laughs> I said, Ryan, you and me doing this story, it's fate. And do you know why? <laughs> and I'm like, why is that, Jen? <laughs> and I, I was looking, you know, right before the podcast, I try to find it as much about a story and authors as there are. And so I'm looking at, you know, YouTube and all these different places. And I look up the author, I look up the story. And, and the, you'd be surprised how many, like, fan videos, fan art, blah, 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 there is for the story. And on one of them, I clicked. The first one I clicked, it was said the shoebox project, and it's basically like people acting out scenes and things, and to the music of Glenn Miller's "In the Mood," which I had been telling Ryan a couple of what is last week, a couple of weeks ago, that that was his ringtone on my phone because it was happy and perky, and I just it made me happy when he called, and so I had a happy ringtone. And uh, he didn't know the song. People. I bring joy to the lives of many people. I just want to throw it <laughs> <laughs> Well, he didn't know the song. And so I was trying to explain to him. I was like, yes, you do. It's the one that goes da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And he was like, yeah. no, I don't know. And um, so anyway, and so I sent him the link, and I'm like, look, it's fate. It's your song with the shoebox project. <laughs> and I'm like, Jan, that's very exciting. I'm still reading. What I need you to do is go know, away like, for like an hour. all carry tunes really well. I'm impressed. Have you ever listened to the 4th of July episode, Mike? I know. I'll have to go back and listen now. Download the 4th of July episode, all right? Well, Jen was deliberately singing badly. And oh, I was, I, I know, yeah, that was on purpose. Bad. Oh, no, Melinda was the, it's the, No, what was the first one Melinda was in? Mike, go back. Also, the episode I think it was thirteen. Is that the one where you were like, Jen? Is that really how you sing? <laughs> no, it was the one where um, where you guys sang New Moon. Blue Moon. Oh, yeah. Blue Moon. Blue Moon. Blue Moon. Blue Moon. Yeah, that. Yeah, it's go, really it, hard to sing over Skype because there's such a delay. 
that you there can't. There is a delay. She and I try to stay, sing together, and it's like horrible. It's awful. Yeah. One of these days, though, we'll have to, we'll be in the same room. For and we'll Christmas, Chi, that's what I want to do for Christmas. I want us to do a duet. She okay. She promised me she was going to sing for, was this podcast or next podcast? I think it was this podcast. I'm pretty sure it was this podcast. Oh, yeah. Which, who? Plaid Slytherin. Who? She's supposed to sing for us. Oh, Plaid Slytherin! Sing! No, I'm not going to sing. Every, everybody's Is doing that it. when I was on the medicine? <laughs> oh, so right. Everyone's on the on quote unquote the medicine here at Polyrhythmic. It's like a requirement. The, the medicine actually sponsors the show. It's the only reason we're able to keep doing it. Was it. I like it's I like, made post and like it made sense, but like the sentences were in the wrong order. Oh, Chad, you can sympathize with that, right? Yeah, I can. Difference being that Ryan and I went behind Jen and deleted those. Well, it was so funny. Yeah, thanks. Really kind. I am mortified. Can I just tell you this, Jen? I hope you don't mind me saying this. I was talking to Jen last. (laughs) I was talking to Jen last night, and she mentioned that um, obviously Jen's had some health issues lately, and she's had to switch um, like with everything. They put you on the medicine, and they're like, "You don't like that one," so they switch you to a different medicine. Jen's like, Mm -hmm. "I'm on this new medicine now," and. I noticed on the old medicine, I, I felt like I was in a haze all the time, and I was kind of like looking at the world through like a haze, and now I feel so much better. I'm like, you've been on a haze, like in a haze for the last like four podcasts. She's like, I have. Yeah, I really wasn't myself. I'm like, Jen, we didn't even know this. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're, so really we're so used so to everyone being drugged up. We're like, hey, look, everything's fine. <laughs> Well, because you, you got me in the four hours of the day I was awake. Well, that's <laughs> that should be a requirement when you join the forums, that if for any reason you be put on Vicodin for anything, then you have to come and join the podcast that night. I know. It's part of, it's part of <laughs> initiation. I was sorry. Yeah, well, it's, it's so bad, too, because I feel like I'm such a bad podcast host because, like, G will call me and, like, Ryan, I'm deathly ill. I'm almost dying. Can we move the podcast to tonight? <laughs> I know. He's like, let's do it now. <laughs> I'm a very, I'm a very mean little man. That's not true. Me. He's lying. So. He's very, he's very, he takes he's good care good of his staff. He does. He is. He's always like, do you need to take a night off? Do I know you can take an, everyone needs a night off. Yeah. It's okay. And he's like begging me to take a night off. And well, I'm like, no. In fairness, I asked she if she <laughs> wants to dead. take a night off after she used the phrases dry heaving, hanging on the <laughs> side of lazy boy for dear life. And Was throwing that with up the, mouth. the, was that the one with the, the, the blue stuff? No, that was after the blue stuff. Oh, no, okay. that was... That... <laughs> I have never forgotten that or forgiven you for telling me that. <laughs> just so you know. I just want to say my heartfelt apologies <laughs> to new listeners of Perfect Weekly who are like, what the hell are these people doing? And why is this podcast four hours long? <laughs> well, I, I think that, you know, some of this stuff at least will be on the um the year-end review, the end, the conclusion of season one. Oh, review. God. It will be. It's going to be, that's, that's going to be a hoot, I I'm, have to say. Yeah, like, for everyone a- not knowing what she's talking about, um, we're going to end our first season at the end of January, the beginning of February, so we're going to have like a, like a, like a, like a year end episode just highlighting the, uh, like the major events of year one. I'm already naming the episode Jen. Okay, like, uh, no! Stop! No! The year of Jen. No! I refuse. I say no. We need to have this like how it needs to be called like the putting up with dot 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 or <laughs> here is why we aren't a, a really great known widely known 
serious podcast. Like <laughs> this is the this is the reason. <laughs> here's why our numbers are dropping, but the people who stay are like it's like, well. Here's the thing with Perfect Weekly, and for if I hope this stays in. Here's the thing with Perfect Weekly. You know, like you, you listen to like I have like twenty different podcasts on my iPod. I have a podcast for when if I feel like watching Star Trek. I have a podcast for when I feel like talking about Harry Potter, and I have a podcast for everything. And these podcasts I have have like five, ten thousand listeners. They're very popular, very well produced podcasts. Then there's us, <laughs> and the thing with us is we're much smaller. But we're kind of, but like the people like who are members of our forum and like part of our community, it's like a cult almost. No, don't say that. Well, a good cult, not <laughs> a like good a good person. Well, no, 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 I actually, I actually think it's more kind of like the mob. It's like <laughs> when you join, what? when you join Potterfic Weekly, you're free to leave at any time. But if you do, we're going to break your kneecaps. It's like, like that's the only way I can describe this place. Whenever you think you're out, I think pull you back in. Garrett's yeah. back, and That's Garrett went to college. Parents. Yeah, like, like, P.S. Am I lying here? Like, what am I doing? I don't think you're lying, but I think if you think there are new people listening, you shouldn't say that. Oh, you think I should? Okay, we're not going to actually break your. <laughs> no, what account. we should say, what we should say is the fun thing about Potterfic Weekly is when you come in. It's you've joined a family and a family you don't just walk out on. You don't just leave like you can leave for short periods of time, but you always return to your family. And that's how we are at Potterfic Weekly. We will hunt you down and nag you if you leave. That's right. We're your family. <laughs> online. I once left. I once did not post for 24 hours. The next day I woke up, I had a text message from Ryan. I had a personal message from Jen. Meg was wondering where I was. I had more AMs than I could possibly handle. And I was like, people, it's just 24 hours. No, please remember when I, like, slept overnight or something? And y'all, like, calling James? Is she dead? (laughs) Well, let's be fair now. Let's be fair. You have almost died more times this year than well, you are allowed. Well, here, and this is in fairness too. And we're, we got we to wrap this up soon, guys. But in fairness too, like the thing with Jen is is like Jen took a mental health day earlier this week, which everyone takes. Everyone's I took a mental health three she, days. She, she, well, she, well yes. two of them were it was a Saturday, a Sunday, and then the mental health day. So she yes. and I get together and we're like, okay, here's the thing: we think Jen died. And we, we don't know why we thought that. We haven't talked to her in 12 hours. So we don't. She's not answering her phone. And she's not on the forum. And she's not editing Masterfic. So we don't know what happened to she. And, like, we're, like, calling. Like, so this is, like, she and I, brilliant, very smart college-educated people. This is our system. Okay, you call her every five minutes. And I'm going to call her. Like, you know, every five minutes, but on a two-minute delay. So we'll call her every two to three minutes until we find her. And, like, I'm calling, 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 voicemail. Hey, Jen, it's me. Well, you know what happened? Meg, who, um, our host Meg, who is off this week, she's back next week. Meg was missing for, like, three days. Jen was missing for, like, three days. And then I couldn't find Danielle for literally 90 minutes. (laughs) And Brian was com- really freaking out. I was freaked. Well, no, because it's like Jen's missing, and then Meg's missing, and now Danielle, like, you know, it was an hour late, so Danielle's now, of course, missing and presumed. So it's like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, 
all of the women in my life. And I'm like calling Chi. I'm like, hide. So I'm like, I don't know what to and it's like, I can't find. So then like literally Danielle calls me after I found Jen. I'm like, Danielle, I'm so happy. Everyone's all right. And she's like, okay, I have a question. You've called me seven times in the past hour. Is someone dead? I'm like, no, I thought someone was, but no, everyone's fine. So it's. Yeah. Yeah. All I have to say is in the one year thing, the one, the one moment I have to admit that I'm proud of in Potterfic Weekly in, in our, in all of our podcasts is the well conversation. I want that <laughs> in. That is my one shining moment, I feel. Oh, you know what? <laughs> like, Do you guys know what I got for Thomas? Like Do you yeah. know what? A whale. Got a whale for the holidays. That was my <laughs> you oh, really? Mike, have yeah. you listened to the whale episode? I don't think I've ever heard it. No. Seriously, the well, the well episode, that entire podcast, whatever it is, fourteen, fifteen—I don't remember. It's fourteen. It is, is seriously. I still believe to be our best podcast ever because it was so like I I listened to it and I started the podcast laughing my ass off and I laughed through the entire thing. Well, it's the point it where Jen serious. said to herself, and I've thought about this. In detail. In and detail. It's the way she says in detail. It's like the oomph <laughs> of Jen. It's like, I thought about this. And then it's like she kind of like, you know, she like makes fists with her hands. And she kind of like <laughs> squeezes her face like she's about to poop. And she's like, I thought about this <laughs> in detail. And it's like. <clears throat> Something's wrong. Houston, we have a problem. Apparently this portion of the episode contains spoilers for after the end. I haven't read it yet, so I wouldn't know. As the sole Poofwanian who hasn't, I'll be fast-forwarding now. If you have read it, well, you've probably heard this stuff before. But I'll be ahead of you in the episode. Ha-ha! <laughs> they give everybody this plan. And oh my gosh, does this plan sound appalling and ridiculous and suicidal. They're going to make a dome, and everyone's going to get trapped inside. Well, they want everyone to get around the edge of the outside so that when people shoot the curse, it goes to the other side of the dome shooting the guy across from him. Like, I've thought about this in detail, and it really amuses me that, that the plan is so bad. So Draco gets up there and, like, says this thing and, like, gets... In a, I, I, I don't know. Like he becomes frozen in in time with his arm up, and he turns green, <laughs> and the dome shoots down downward and slices through the wizards that are out in the way. And I don't know if it ever made a circle or if it just like kills all the fish. <laughs> like, like, I was imagining like. <laughs> like whales and half and stuff. <laughs> oh there's a, there's a point when you can be overthinking a story, and I think we just did it. Can you, can you imagine that fish getting to fish heaven? Like, I don't know what happened. Yeah, if you don't remember the whale plot line from after the end, like you obviously didn't read. You're obviously not a very careful reader. I am. I just didn't. Like, You're missing big honking <laughs> details, and we need you to read the whole thing again, but slower this time. All right. Don't worry whales about it. Nobody really happen. thought about the whales until Jen brought it up. No one thinks about any of this crap until Jen brings it up. I'm sorry. Hey. I love you, Jen. The whales. Oh my god. The whales. I just put that. I want the moment from the Melinda interview where I was like, I have no idea what just happened. <laughs> 
Oh my god, I'm not gonna lie. I have to. I have no idea what's going on. Somebody explain to me what just happened. <laughs> have you been here the whole time? I've been here the whole time, but I can't remember what was just said. <laughs> <laughs> Jen, have you given Chi some of your drugs? Chi, I just have to actually ask. This will help for the podcast. What medication are you on right now? Uh, <laughs> Look for the little bottle somewhere near you. It'll be written in. There'll be the I one know. word on there you can't pronounce. Oh, it's it's downstairs though because my mom is keeping it in a cabinet. Is it Vicodin? Um, yeah, I think it might be. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right, but um, because I know Jen's gonna get out of here because she probably you took your sleepy pill, so you're about to fall over, right? Yeah. Okay. Why don't we, I mean, I just have to say, like, just to go around the table real fast, I really love Shoebox. I think it's a great fic for us to read after, you know, A Year Like None Other, which was, you know, it was a very long fic. It was a very dark fic at times. And I, this is really a great cleansing of the palate. It's my first Marauders fic. I've never thought about these characters as kids. They've always been adults to me. They've always been... You know, you know, village elders to me almost, and it's it's, but it's the type of story I really love. I love a story where I know how it's going to end, but I don't know why. So I'm really looking forward to this. And I have to say, I'm a political geek, and when they made the comment about communism, <laughs> I about right wet myself, like and I've I've loved the story ever since. So I just <laughs> I have to thank you, you know, just from the bottom of my heart for making this a story that involves you know, apparently communists everywhere. So that was just very it's, helpful to me. The potion is like communism. It works in theory. <laughs> it's like it works on paper, but when you actually try and put it into practice, not so much. <laughs> much. Yeah. Okay. Ryan went. Now it's somebody else's turn. I'll go. Okay. It was also my first Marauder's pick. So I'm in the same boat as Ryan there. First slash I'm <laughs> I'm enjoying it a lot. Uh, <laughs> I'm especially enjoying the, uh, as I was reading, I was preaching the subtle interaction between Sirius and Remus. <laughs> picking up the sexual tension in a lot of ways. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, there, there's that TV show Danielle watched once where we watched this, like, death scene of her favorite character, and then I'm like, I put my arm around her when it faded to black. I'm like, are you going to be okay that, you know, your character died? She looks over at me, and she's like, he died? I'm like, and I'm, I'm like, no. I'm sorry, continue, I had to throw that. Um, oh, uh, continue. Oh. Unless you were sure, done, which case you're, okay, then you're then you're done, um, Melinda. This it wasn't my first Marauder fic, but it was the first Marauder fic that I really enjoyed, and I, I enjoyed most the distinct voices of all the characters. I think they did a great job with that. I re- I really really liked this one. Yeah. P.S. Okay. Well, um. I, this isn't my first Marauder pick, and it's obviously not my first slash. Or it's like Horn 2008 for prison. <laughs> well, um, Remus Sirius is like, it was, it was the, actually the first Harry Potter pairing I ever read. And it was my first OTP, and it's still my favorite ship, I guess. And this is the best one, so that's what I'll say. There you go. Jennifer. 
Well, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> like, whoa. <laughs> no, I'm just trying to think like, this is, this was not my first Marauder's Fake, but after reading this, this was the only one I cared to continue reading. Um, which I know sounds kind of snobby in a way, but it's really, I think when you read something that's so spot on with the characters and so in detail and so interesting and unique, it's hard to get in the mindset of something else. Mm. And I really, I found that this was just so, so amazing. And, and I, and I remember reading it and just like, this was again one of those, well, I say it with every story, but honestly, it's only been with about five or six stories that I've read, um, where I have literally sat there afterwards and just, you know, you just go, wow. And you're so in awe and so impressed that someone took the time and the energy to create something like that, not to mention the imagination it took. And, um, so anyway, I was, I, I'm just so giddy and happy that everyone, continued to, to after a few that I've recommended that they still read this one and um and that they liked this one and it, and it and it I hope that people are seeing that a lot of my recs aren't the same that I try to do a very good a wide variety of what I recommend and uh yeah I mean but so anyway I'm I, I'm glad people are liking it's it it's just it's an enormously emotional story because it's so human I mean there's stories that you can read that you can completely sympathize like I used to be a really shy kid with low self-esteem when I was younger and so for me I can really relate a lot to Remus and it's like I love the, the and that's why I was attacked by a dog and I love the part where um, <laughs> I'm sorry James is home <laughs> we almost made it but I just real fast oh, forget that it, actually no. worked really well with a, a kid with low self-esteem and who became a werewolf and then you hear the dog barking, and that worked out really, really that well. was nice that, you there. like that Joe take the night off we get this one today <laughs> I'm sorry. It's okay. But no, it's like, you know, you get the, you get the, 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 the picture of, of, of Remus and his face is ripped open and then the line is like, did you, can you know this? Is it, is it, is it hard to, is, can you tell? And it's like on some level it's so tragic and on some level you're like, you're kidding, right? <laughs> you gotta know, you gotta know, come on. But it's like, it's like, and I just, you know what, it's like, it, like, for, it's like I said, this for us is a cleansing of the palate, but for so many different stories, I mean, you're basically telling the tale of, of you know, the, the lives of four people, which will all end in tragedy. I mean, if you take this from the full canon perspective, Remus will be murdered, James will be murdered, Sirius will be murdered, and Peter Pettigrew will turn out to be a traitor and will strangle himself. So you could darkly say this is the story of four people who will all suffer terrible demises. But it's also the story where you have, you know, James Potter in the Battle of Flooded Basement. I mean, it's there's happiness even in all of dark of the darkness. I think for a Harry Potter story to focus on the like usually it's a dark story with a silver lining, friendship and loyalty and so forth. This one seems to be the reverse. This one seems to be, you know, a, you know, th- there's that dark lining to it, but it's a, it's a, it's a happy story about real people and I, I I'm thrilled to read it. I'm really I'm I'm loving it. I'm really excited to be reading something so different, so unique. I think that one of the beauties of Potter Fake Weekly is that you are introduced to so many different people with so many different tastes in fan fiction. All of them, Jen. <laughs> and um, call, 
there goes Jen. And, um, she, uh, what was I going to say? I got confused. Uh, so many different tastes in fan fiction and you really get exposed to things that you would not normally have otherwise been. And this is one of the beauties of that, of that situation is finding a fic like this, um, that really honestly influenced about the way that I write, like <clears throat> the way that she writes the Marauders in Nanomagus form is the way that, um, I borrowed that, stole it ruthlessly for mm-hmm. one of my fix. And uh, just because I loved it so much. And I think that, um, you know, that's, that's I guess, the most sincerest form of flattery that I can think of is to say, I like something that you did so much that I borrowed it. Yeah. And um, I, I, I mean, this is a really, really good story. I mean, it has its faults. So I'll probably get into that next week after I'm <laughs> out of the la 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 stage of... She sent me a message today. I'm so... Happy! I'm like, oh my god, she's a snarky <laughs> one. What the hell are we gonna do? No, I'll, I'll try and be snarky next week. But, um, yeah, I really enjoy it, and, um, and I'm excited that we're gonna do it. We get to talk about this for four more weeks. Well, you know what's so great about this fandom is, like, like, like a lot of work goes into this show. So as long as Pyrific Weekly is being produced, like, the show's kind of like our lives, you know, for, to a great extent. And it's like we can read a story you know, like after the end where Remus is, you know, like he's Ward Cleaver. He's the guy in the, in the, in the, you know, in the master piece theater, you know, red leather chair, you know, who's by the fire with the pipe, you know, dispensing advice to Ginny. And he's also, but now he's also, you know, the 16 year old kid who, you know, is self-conscious because he's a werewolf and because he's afraid his friends will leave him. And he can also be, you know, the character, you know, in Melinda's fic, who inexplicably sacrifices his life with tonks, you know, to save the wizarding world, which who, who thunk it. I mean, so you can go through, I mean, you can have this one character and he can be so many different people in so many different places at so many different times. I mean, there's so much life, I guess, in this universe that Joe Rowling made that I just love the fact that now we get to go back and this is like uncharted waters. We know nothing about these characters when they were younger. I just, I don't know. I just, I, I think it's cool. I think this fandom has a lot of legs or else I would be getting bored with it if it didn't. Yeah. So. Exactly, it's very versatile. Lady, she's like, and I need to eat a nut. What? <laughs> Who dies first? Lupin or Wormtail? I can't remember. From Wormtail. Lupin's, Wormtail Lupin's the last to go. Lupin dies at the Battle of Hogwarts. Wormtail dies at Malfoy Manor Malfoy before that. They died backwards. They Look, died. You know what just popped in my mind? What's that? Did any of you guys ever read um, The Count of Monte Cristo? No. I mean, that's Monte Cristo of Man of the Iron Mask, excuse me. No, the, I'm like, Monte Cristo came up in this, no. <laughs> um, well, because in that one, that again... That vaguely it's, familiar, actually. It's the four friends in uh, the all, all the Three Musketeers and um, D'Artagnan die. And if you read the literary reviews, each of the Three Musketeers is supposed to represent one trait, and the order they die in has significance, because each, it's, it's like, you're not supposed to be like, which trait fails people first. So I was just trying to stick that onto the Marauders, like which trait each of them would be. Yeah. So what's it go? It goes. So it goes. James goes first, then Sirius, then Peter, and then Peter. Lupin. Yeah, I was just saying that it was. I mean, this. I mean, it's stupid. I don't know if it's a coincidence that they always said Moody Wormtail had foot prongs in that order, and they died in the reverse order. That was my point. Oh. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> I don't know why. I noticed that. I noticed that after Sirius died, and then the whole time I was like, if Peter dies first, I'll be right. <laughs> That's pretty brilliant. Oh, that is. 
We yeah. used to have you on more often. We're just like the dimwits trying to figure out how the hell we can get, you know, like the sound quality to improve. <laughs> I, the things I come up with. That's not bad, yeah. That's pretty darn good. It is. I mean, it has no significance whatsoever. It has significance. We just don't know what it is yet. Exactly. Like, I bet, I bet if somebody confronted Joe Rowling with it, she would be like, I didn't even. No, but- I bet it was like one of those things. And, and then someone else puts someone else puts someone else puts it off, and it's just sort of, oh yeah, right, I did that right, but it wasn't actually yeah, intentional. Exactly, it's one of those things where, yeah, exactly. It's like if you hold the, you know, if you hold the book upside down backwards to the sun, you can read the, oh yeah, I meant that. Yeah, that was helpful. Thanks. Glad we did that. Yeah, it's it's. I'm sure it's something that she didn't plan. If she, well, no, well, if she had reversed the order, it probably would have been too obvious. If if prongs came first. All right, I think we're about ready to get out of here because I know Jen already had to leave. Chi, you can come back. It's okay. Okay. Chi- I'm eating. I'm eating Fruit Loops because Ryan is a meanie. <laughs> <laughs> You're like. Okay, but I've been eating for the last like thirty minutes. I know, but we just she's start... the editor. She can do whatever she wants. She can do whatever she. Hey, if you're the one who has to edit it out, but it was funny because um, you could actually like. Really? What? Because I remember Ryan, Mike said earlier that he would edit all the episodes. <laughs> it's up to Mike. No, I, I also said I would sing, apparently. So. Oh, yeah, she yeah, is screwed. That's why I voted for you for the Wissing Gomic. You said you were going to sing, and there's I no song. I would sing. Oh, I then I wouldn't I would have voted for you. No, oh. I said I would read it, you're like none other. <laughs> oh. You're going to read it, you're like none other. I lost anyway. Oh, did you? Oh, sorry. Mm-hmm. No, you the ball's right there. Um, all right, why don't we just um, end the episode now? So, yeah, let's um, do that. Okay, what, what are we doing for the next episode? Do we know how far are we going? Uh, chapter 6 to 10. So, hey, that was pretty convenient of us. Okay. All right, so for next week, we are covering chapters 6 through 10 of the Shoebox Project. I think, how many episodes are we doing with this? So we're doing five episodes for the Shoebox Yeah, because there's 25 chapters, five chapters in. Five chapters an episode. Thank God. You're like, no, another we did 11. I thought I was going to kill myself. All right. So, <laughs> not really kill myself, Chi. is an expression of tiredness. All right. So, uh-huh, but, you're not going to break their kneecaps. I am not. Okay. Everyone, <laughs> please come to the Parfait Weekly Forums. I will not attack you coming through the gate, I promise. I'm from Massachusetts. I hug everybody. I'm Huggles. <laughs> yeah, you are Huggles. <laughs> so, she hasn't told me today that she was afraid of you, and I was like, why? Who's afraid of me? Who's Keza. afraid of me? Who? Keza Bear. I'm afraid of you. She's Australian. How can she be afraid of me? I don't know. Keza. She's like, I was joking, and I was like, all right, because I don't know how you could be afraid of Ryan. <laughs> like, that's pretty... I was scared of Ryan when I met him. I'm like, I'm going to read each instant message twice before I send it to him to make sure I, uh, I'm i proper when I talk to him. What? <laughs> you really? I heard you did that for Ryan? You yeah, did that I'm, for I'm, Ryan and not for me? <laughs> Why don't I, I have to, people game. proofread things before they send them to me? Just the I first guess. time I talked to you. After that, oh, I, I did that too when I sent you my results for being sorted. Uh huh. And I had to pay for Slytherin because I got Gryffindor by like an insanely huge margin. Yeah, you can't put the pla- you, you can't put the plaid Slytherin into Gryffindor. That just went. I spent right. like an hour on the paragraph about why I deserve to be in Slytherin. <laughs> I That's hope terrible. I sincerely hope I read it. I'm sure I did. <laughs> I'm sure I did. I'm sure I did. Sure. 
That's hilarious. But I do, I get that a lot though, Ryan. I get a lot of, I'm so nervous when I talk to you. I always have to like double check before I send things to make sure I don't mess up my commas and stuff. I'm like, I don't care. Well, after this, we gonna, you better. I'm like, are yeah. we going to publish this I am conversation? Because um, you had a problem with typos, Chi, we would not be able to talk because I have lots of typos. That's true. Yeah. I'm just very interested in seeing how well Lady Chi's able to edit this episode. Um, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be uh, making some decisions, some creative decisions. I'm gonna, have to call, I'm gonna have to call Joe in. Oh, good God! All right, with that, if we're calling Joe in, I'm getting the hell out of here. Love you, Joe, but I gotta go. To I gotta go to New York in the morning. All right, with that, uh, P.S. Thanks for coming by tonight. Definitely come back soon. Yeah, Mike. I, 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 I'm glad to hear it. And Mike, I just I hope that as you read through, you know, the next few chapters, you, you gain an additional perspective that you may have. I'm sorry. We're making fun of Mike. So I'm going to preview the first five. I know. <laughs> All right. Have a great night, everybody. We'll see you next week. Hey. Goodbye. Bye.